Ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast and the, uh, I suppose it is official if we say it is, the official Co-Opti Awards for the next two weeks. Yay. Welcome to the Co-Opties, everyone. The Co-Opties. It, we have oh, co-opted oh, the notion of award shows. Arr, 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 arr. With some holiday cheer. Indeed. Yeah, let's do that. All the weather outside is frightful. It's hard to yeah. see it, but just imagine we have wonderful antlers on. That jingle. I, I mean, we don't really have to. Ima- well, the wonderful part, possibly. Yes, I guess that's true. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? We're very festive today. Sell out to the holiday <laughs> spirit. Why not? <laughs> if I'm going to sell out to anything. Might as well, <laughs> Might as well be to the spirit of the holidays. Indeed. I'm making yeah, yeah, yeah. the show after about, like, it's got to be over a year or so. Sacria, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, like last time it was the like British show I did with you, I think. It was yeah, like, we had just four British uh, guests. Yes, it, it was a much better show than usual. <gasps> <laughs> Can't imagine Variety right. is the spice of life, man. Yes, friend. there's the excuse, isn't it? Yes, we, I remember when we had the show where we just replaced the entire cast with Roundtable, and that was, that was pretty good too. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, but hey. Oh, well, the Co-Opties. We've done, like, a weird sort of unofficial award show, like every other fucking gaming podcast in the universe does. Yeah, of course. Where, yeah, we just, we talk a little bit about the year, and we sl- put them into categories, and we put them into categories so that more people will watch the show, because they like that kind of thing. <laughs> people love recaps, man. They They love yeah. recaps. That's why so many people... They'll watch a television show, then they'll watch their YouTube favorite person recap the same fucking show that they just watched because they're... Did he have the same opinion as I did? Uh, it's very important. No. But, uh, no, is the answer, no. And then you get angry about that fact. But That's basically how it goes. We've come up with a bunch of categories. Sort of, they're really say, good. Oh, they're, they're amazing. They're fucking industry-leading categories. Yes, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Like that, they're, they're so good that every other award show might as well leave the planet right now. Just go, <laughs> get on the biggest ship possible and take off. Get on that ship with back. the Elon Musk, and off you go. Indeed, they're rocket men. Off to Mars. Off it's, to Mars. Of all of the meaningless award show, this is the meaninglessest meaningless so yo it's super meaningless it's really meaningless mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so i guess we'll better get right right into it because we don't have time to do anything else <laughs> we could have spent half an hour talking about twitch irl but this is a video game show <laughs> sometimes it is anyway so we're going to go on to the first category and the first category is no man's sky we we decided to give it a like full the, full I category Oh, yeah? Uh, what's the I would nomination? like to nominate uh, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Okay. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Good choice, but I feel like... Let me have it. What? No, what one, is, what no one is considering No Man's Sky. It's mm. a fair oh, point. I actually forgot about that one. I that forgot is a good that. perspective. Yeah. A really. little bit under the radar. Mm. Yeah. I missed out on that one. It's a good one, though. Yeah, here's a, here's a thought though, and this might be coming out of left field somewhat, and maybe it is a it's an overly popular choice, 
So some people are going to accuse That's me okay. of just appealing to the masses. Right. With you can't it. have only indie games on here. I mean, we that is, have some big AAA. That is true, stuff, you, you know? know. And I just think as a franchise, sure. you know, it's it's grown and 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 No Man's Skyed mostly. I uh, so sure. I I mean I'd like to nominate No Man's Sky if possible for this category. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of No Man's Sky. Yeah, what they did, they took No Man's Sky, and you think that they would learn from No Man's Sky, but instead, they made it even more No Man's Sky. Which right. they should not have done. I mean, that, that yeah. should be pretty yeah. obvious when you look at No Man's Sky, that No Man's Sky was not the best template for No Man's Sky. No. Not, exactly. not even close to that, you know? Like, they worked I, off of the framework of No Man's Sky. And I get that, you know, they're all going to wind up being in the same category. But really, yeah. like, like No Man's Sky did something that No Man's Sky never even attempted. Well, hold on. Yeah. But No Man's Sky did things that I have never seen in a video game since No Man's Sky. Yeah, but there's a reason for that. Because No Man's Sky did it, proving that it was a bad idea. Which is why you didn't see it in No Man's Sky going forward. But it depended on what kind of a gamer you are, right? Like some people really connected with No Man's Sky because of the mechanics, but then people who weren't really looking for that wound up finding the perfect game in No Man's Sky instead. Yeah, but was it the perfect No Man's Sky or was it the worst possible No Man's Sky? Is that something you can even figure out? I mean, I know we're in the position of hindsight being 2020. We can be... We can be mm-hmm. very, not so much revisionist history on this. I don't feel we're being revisionist. I feel we're being very fair to No Man's Sky in the No Man's Sky category. Sure. But I really do feel that if there was a possibility to make No Man's Sky, then the way that they should have done it is not to ape No Man's Sky in the process. I mean, that is not original. It's not very smart. They should have learned from the mistakes of No Man's Sky when making No Man's Sky. I I could couldn't disagree with you more. I I'm telling you, No Man's Sky is hands down the best No Man's Sky this year. And y'all just need to accept it. I guess we're just never really gonna agree. No. We no. have to agree to disagree. At this this is gonna be one of those categories where we can't really like come to a conclusion. Sackville, did you get a lot of uh, big chance to spend No Man's Sky with No Man's Sky? Well, I actually, I never played No Man's Sky or No Man's Sky. Ah. I actually recently got access to... Wait, you No Man's Sky? Yeah, so I got, yeah, no, I got No Man's Sky, and it had this ah. really unique multiplayer perspective that I didn't really think No Man's Sky brought to the table. So, yeah. you know... That is true. That, I didn't see much multiplayer in No Man's Sky. Yeah, so I, I, I preferred that one, to be honest. That's yeah, you fair. are more of a multiplayer person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I understand. And it it like, really offered a No Man's Sky and then going. adding multiplayer for No Man's Sky is like... It just changed it. It just, you know, changed it so much. I mean, I, I feel like but... it fundamentally changed the meta game of what we expect from multiplayer games. Bearing in mind, sure. you know, generally speaking, in a multiplayer game, we do expect some form of multiplayer. But No Man's Sky was able to buck the trend there by yeah. including no multiplayer whatsoever in a game that specifically stated it would have multiplayer. Right. So that was unexpected for me. Uh, that was the kind of kind of surprise I'm really looking for in modern gaming. Well, name another multiplayer game that doesn't have multiplayer. I'm, They're just Mavericks. I mean, I can't, I can't come out with all that many, honestly. Not off the top of my head, anyway. I'd have to, have to do a little, few, few, few little bits of research to figure it out. But I feel like No Man's Sky definitely was the pioneer 
in that particular regard? Uh, I don't know. For me, it, it just seemed like they were, you know, throwing stuff in there just to be able to say that it was in there. Didn't really, you know, ex- it didn't, it didn't you have a point. create you have a, a point. better she gaming does. experience you have a point. for me, mm-hmm. you know. I- I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I just I wasn't going in there with the desire to play a video game, which right. is why I felt No Man's Sky was a really good choice for that because it doesn't really have any of the essence of a video game in there. There's none mm-hmm. of the required elements and ingredients to create an entertaining or compelling experience really anywhere oh, in the product guys. whatsoever. We didn't even think about this chat so on the money. What about No Man's Sky? Fair point. Didn't think of that we one. Yeah, we didn't even this is why Did we have an audience. A late entry. Yes. Came out last year. No, No Man's Sky came out this year. What? Really? Oh, right? Damn, we should have nominated that in the game. We forgot that happened. For the year, because I forget. Fuck. It just it feels like that was so long ago. Jesus. I feel like we didn't prep hard enough for this one because yeah. that that is super obvious. You're right. Chat, We're going to have to redo the whole chat, segment again. Right. We're going to have to start <laughs> from the beginning. Right. So... This you know, debate round... is moot without yeah. including No Man's Sky. It's true. You know, we're, we're, we didn't properly fact check, so we'll go. We'll just do it again. Round two, do over. That's fair, right? Everyone yeah. accept that. Yeah, yeah. We'll stop now. <laughs> 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 Seriously, the No Man's Sky was fucking shit. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. Let's um, let's move on. Good everybody. Way to commit. That's a good one. We put a good 10 minutes into that one. That was that was well thought out. I liked it. Jokes. We have them. Edgy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. With that joke, we can go anywhere. And yet nowhere. <laughs> so anyway, appropriate. Down. All right, let's move on. Uh Jesse, here's one of your characters of the year categories. Um you Yo. you only have one of those. You actually have two of those. No, you got a supporting character as well. So I guess yep. this is your main character of the year of sorts. Yeah, uh, let's do lead character, maybe. Yeah, lead or, character of the yes, year. Like lead character of the year. Uh, these would be characters in a game that uh, really inspired you to continue playing. Um, I'm going to straight up avoid things like Nathan Drake and things like that because people are all over their biscuits already. So I propose to you that my character of the year is 100% uh, Alex from Oxenfree. Mm. Okay. That's I think that that is... Uh, an amazing game but the character of alex is one where it uh you can't really talk about it without spoiling it but i'll simply say that she carries that really really well and i was in love with with little alex and her misadventures on hell island (laughs) hell island yeah sam and i have talked about playing that game for so long and i still haven't touched it and i've only heard good things yeah, if you like um, Life is Strange, because I know you do, take that, but remove the more schlocky, like, is it like elements and more is, of um, you are playing as a group of characters that are trapped in something that is way creepier than uh, you expect it to be. It's definitely a scary game. Is it like Life is Strange meets Until Dawn? Uh, no, you're not like, well, never mind. A little bit. A little bit, yes. Okay, um, <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll take that. But it's it's more about the fact that uh, a lot of what's happening to her as a character is not only out of her control, but also involves 
some next level things that are I like there's a lot of things happen to this character that uh give you a uh backstory to her that you don't get through normal gameplay it, it's super hard to describe gotcha i wish i could but it that does make the category a little difficult to argue but we'll go with it yes. we'll we'll just tr we're just gonna trust your judgment I, on that one yes i will say that i believe alex from no man's sky is my favorite character of the year my favorite main character can i be a fucky pretentious fuck fuck oh um, my god please do, please do. I, i'm just uh, it's we, my favorite version of we, Total Biscuit. We tie we tie magazine now, because uh, I'm going to nominate every custom character you ever created in XCOM 2. Get out of life. And here's why. I got, I got a fucking reason. I got a reason. Hey, I, I got a degree as well, Jesse, with your fancy masters. I, I got one <laughs> of those. Did I just say No Man's Sky? I meant Oxen Free. I'm sorry, Chad. <laughs> Alex from No Man's Sky. Oh shit! Yeah. All right. Oh god, we're in the loop. <laughs> Fuck. All right. So here's my argument for in favor of that. Kind of in the same way that Time Magazine nominated everybody as Person of the Year. The thing about XCOM 2 is that when you give a name to a character and you do something with them, you customize them, you send them on a mission, they get their own little story, and it's either a story of very quick, sudden, <laughs> horrific death, most likely that. And sometimes they survive, and they will have a little bit of a relationship with someone else in their squad, because you send them on missions together, and one gets injured, you imagine the other one goes and sees them in the hospital or something. Or, for instance, they get called, um, Dodger, survive till the last mission with Strippen as your two elite soldiers and uh then get infected by a chrysalid uh turned into a zombie during the last mission and then uh shot in the head by stripping with a sniper rifle uh, due to That's the necessity of keeping the rest of the squad alive you see that that to me is a game where you can create those cool little you know, they can create those cool little stories and it comes out of your gameplay, like, and each one is different. And it, giving a name to your character and giving an identity to your character and experiencing what they experience along with you kind of gives you this, these cool little war stories to share. And I think that's, that's kind of awesome that you get to create that on your own and you're not tied into what's written in the story. You get to write your own little one, which usually ends in horrific death, horrific, horrible death. I do think that's a fucking McFuckfuck cop-out. I I'll think it is, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a cop-out, but it's a viable cop-out that we'll accept. I do, have, another, I do have another nominee. Yeah, I do have another nominee this less It's of a really hard to say, no, that doesn't count to yeah. just about anything. I was going to say, it is my show. I do get it to is, <laughs> determine that. It is also that. your show. If you want a less well, fucking say, choice. Whatever you say, good idea, boss. Yeah. yeah. What a great, you know what? You're right. I. You win. I think so, too. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, if you want a less fucky choice, I'm going to say the Doom Slayer from Doom. And you're going to say, what the fuck? He doesn't speak Ooh, a guy. word. That's the exact fucking point. He is expressive as hell through his actions. Like every cutscene, he's like, fuck this shit. Mm. It's like, oh, exposition? Fuck this shit. Break it. <laughs> oh, there's a screen with information on it? Throw it away. Oh, you're, you're telling me not to break the super valuable energy MacGuffin? I'm going to punch the super valuable energy MacGuffin. 
he he's a he is a guy with a singular purpose that I can respect. Like that guy's got drive. That guy knows what he wants from his career. I'm all in on Doom guy. Absolutely. Sacria, what you got? Hmm. I I think I'm gonna go with uh Danny from Battlefield One single player. Okay. Which he's mission like, is Danny in? Is he the one in uh the flying Wait, well, I can't remember. I've I've done no, he's, he's he's the British one. So he's the guy where like at, at the start he like it's a flashback of like a chauffeur in a, like a manor house in England and he's got all his like fancy chauffeur gloves on. Ah. And then he looks down at his hands and then they become blood and he looks up and he's like on the battlefront. Okay. And he, he oh, has yeah. this like amazing story with um the British army where they're in a tank and they kind of refer to the tank by name and they kind of bond with the tank and, and it's almost becomes part of their team. And the whole story revolves around, uh, you know, these, these few people in this little tank trying to, trying to get out of everything alive. And there's a, some interesting twists. Is the tank, the however, end. a better character than the main guy? Um, arguably, because it go. kills lots of people. And it does. For me, I like that. Uh, as much as Danny's like a lovely, well-meaning British chauffeur dude, um, he doesn't. He doesn't kill too many people on his own. He's using the tank mainly. Maybe okay. The tank. The tank from Battlefield One is Black my Beth, moment. Who was it? Black Bess? The, the tank. <laughs> Just the tank. The tank. But yeah, no. It's, it's such a it's such an interesting story, and there's some some interesting twists and 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 sacrifices and stuff. And I I, I really connected with it. So I I think Danny for me from Battlefield One is uh, a wicked lead character. Cool. Dodger, what you got? Um, you know, I was trying to think of like a character that really, really stuck with me. And although uh, it might partially be because I've been playing it recently, I'm going to say Toriko from The Last Guardian, because the way that Toriko is animated as like a, a character is straight up uncanny valley weirdness. Like it feels like a real animal that's hanging out with you. Um, you feel like a really strong connection to it the longer that you play the game and it winds up being so important to you and really affects the story. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Toriko. I think Toriko is like a fascinating character for a game. That's a good mix. You know, we have a fucking owl cat thing. Yeah. All of the characters from XCOM 2 that you create and die, a tank. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, good characters, everybody. Good yeah. characters. I like this. Yeah, that's good. I'm good with that. That's a nice little selection. All right, cool. Let's move on then to best DLC slash expansion pack. Uh, I, I mean, Jesse, I'm going to make a pretty solid assumption about yours, and you know, it begins with blood and ends in wine. Uh, I think that that is a phenomenal choice. Yes, but. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, while Witcher 3 Blood and One should be the winner, I will say that um, I kind of think that the Dark Souls DLC was pretty cool, uh, even though I didn't play it. I watched people who did, and that looked kind of interesting. And yeah. uh, the uh, new expansion for WoW also came out, too. I was going to so, say, didn't the WoW expansion come out, yeah. There's Fairly a lot of things you could deal. consider for this. Uh, also, the ice cream, the ice cream DLC for Guild of Dungeoneering. That did, in fact, come out. Uh, Adorable. I don't know if I'm trying to think of any major. If I would throw a Hearthstone expansion in this, but I don't know that uh, I personally would. Yeah, good point. I probably wouldn't. I mean, I would say that the 
the Karazhan, like One Night in Karazhan adventure was fun, but it petered out towards the end in a big way. Like it yeah. was not as consistent as the others. And yeah, the new expansion just came out, but I'll, I'd be lying if I said it got me interested in the game again. It hasn't at all. Like it hasn't driven me right back into playing. So um, I don't know. A lot of people... Have you looked into it a lot or are you not too interested? Anyway? I mean, I, I bought all the cards for it and started thinking, okay, what can I do to make some decks with this? And then just kind of lost interest again. I used to be a big mm -hmm. Hearthstone player, but honestly, mm -hmm. the game lost me around the last expansion for some reason. It just, I guess it just became more of the same and I was sick of playing against the same decks on ladder all the time. And this mm -hmm. hasn't helped. You're still playing against the same decks. They've just got some new cards in them. Right. Me, yeah, there's uh, a lot of criticism of the previous expansion for for the RNG. There's yes. a lot of cards where you put a card down, it's like summon a random two-cost card. And if you needed a taunt and you get it, you might win that fight. There's and if you so just needed cards, a taunt, you don't get it, you lost the RNG. Basically, then, any card that has the word portal in it is something yeah, that you want to yeah. avoid. It's oh it's rough. Exactly. A lot of people criticize that. Yeah, I, I agree with it as well. And I'm the sort of person that actually doesn't mind the RNG bullshit, uh, because I'm the sort of person that thinks that the competitive aspect of Hearthstone should be less of a big deal and it should be more about fun random shit. The problem is that Ladder mm. doesn't cater to that. La nope. Ladder's still all about playing the optimal deck in the optimal way. The Brawls cater to it, sure, but they're only once a week. You don't even have them for a full week and mm. even then they often get solved very quickly and people play the optimal deck even in the Brawls. So I don't, I'm not massively keen on that. Like to me, uh, Plants vs Zombies Heroes has fully replaced Hearthstone as just a a game that mm. I, I dig more because of yeah. this more player interaction and a bit more strategy and unit placement things like that. Uh, mm. I don't know if I'd count Dota 7.0 as an expansion. I know a lot of people are suggesting it, uh, and so far my experiences with it have not been positive. I like I'm sure that the it is a good patch. But the two games that I've played up to this point have been miserable. So I don't know yet. I, was, that, gonna... was that just public queue? Or... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always played solo queue anyway. And people like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? I was like, I, I was at a decent MMR to the point where it wasn't awful. Like, I was at 3.2k, also known as the Pyrian Flax MMR. And that was a decent bracket. Like, you'd get people that kind of knew what they were doing. They weren't brilliant, but and also they weren't like super tryhard and really aggressive about it. Yeah, toxic. Uh, yeah, and you know, there, there are issues with that. But I have, I've just, I've been unlucky with the game so far. They because I think people are still feeling it out. They don't close the game out when they should. So my first game lasted eighty-five minutes. And I wanted to die. Uh, too long. Yeah, way too yeah. long. And then too this, long for a game. the second game was so <laughs> fucking imbalanced in terms of how well the other team was doing. We had an enemy storm spirit who was 45 for three, which is an unheard of kill amount. And he had two divine rapiers, which are the two most powerful <laughs> items in the game that you drop when you die. So they're yeah. high risk items and they cost a fortune. Having two of them is insane. We actually killed him in base, but he resurrected and picked them up again and killed us with them, and it was the worst. And no, uh, so may maybe later. Uh, yeah, so that. Um, trying to think what else came out this year. Path of Exile had um, ascendancy. I'm to the name of it, ascendancy. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, I heard yeah. some good things about. That's it. I apparently didn't get to play fantastic. It. I haven't played it. I, I would also like to throw in two other ones. Uh, one. The Wood Elves for Total War. I was about to say that, yeah. Oh! And two, and this might be the one TB jumps in on, co-op for StarCraft. 
Yeah, that was last year. But <laughs> was it last year? Yeah, but I guess you can count it because they have been continually adding new characters to it since yeah. uh I mean Stukov just came out. So yeah, I am gonna let you have it on the basis of that. Uh the co op for StarCraft think, has expanded huge. The best one, but those are excellent uh additions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Legacy of the Void was two thousand fifteen. Uh but yeah, like the, the considering what they've done with the co op and the sheer amount of updates they've done to it, it might as well be a new game yeah. at this point. Uh, so that, that's a, it's a fair argument. I'm trying to think, like, was there anything... The DLC for XCOM 2 was good, but I don't think, like, on its own, it was mind-blowing. Like, when you put all three together and throw in some mods, it's incredible. But each piece on their own, like Alien Hunters and uh, What's-His-Face's Last Gift, they're not huge steps forward for the game. Um, no. I like to throw in there the Division Survival. Okay. That's yeah. DLC. No, um, that's a really good oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. It's uh, just in case, you know, it is good. It's a really, really good DLC, but also it steps into a market that's got a bunch of unfinished games in it right now, that being the kind of Battle Royale market. Mm-hmm. And it says we've got an engine that actually works and mechanics that actually work, and this isn't buggy as fuck. Maybe you should play this. And it does a pretty damn good job of it, honestly. It's pretty damn compelling gameplay on its own. I, I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Um, but I thought, I thought, I, I'm sure I read somewhere that like two months after launch, Division was down to like 4% of its player base compared to the amount of people that bought it. Yeah. Because the, the, the kind of the PvP endgame got so dry so quick. It did. Yeah. They apparently have done um, a lot to fix that. And yeah, survival that, yeah. did result in a lot of people coming back. How long they will stick around is a different matter. Uh, but I will say that survive the survival expansion is massive uh, in terms of its scope, and also just the mode is good on its own to the point where I can ignore the rest of the game. It's that good. You can just queue into that. Okay. Is, 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 I've not played it, so is it its, its own standalone thing? So let's say yes. I just bought Division and mm-hmm. the expansion now. Could I jump I straight into that expansion that and I and I wouldn't be like six months behind everyone else in game? Yeah, because everyone start everyone starts without a level. Start from zero. Yeah. So okay. basically, you've got fifteen. You get. It takes about fifteen minutes to get to your home base, and then there's a little underground area that you go to to queue for survival, and you never have to leave that area again. Oh, okay. So cool. You can just play that. Um, I played it yesterday. Queue times weren't too long. Um, the question is whether or not people are going to stick around with it. That's, you know, that that's always going to be a question with games like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I found the meta got real stale with Division PvP oh, real quick. Yeah, yeah. After like uh, a few hours, you're just like, okay, I'm bored. Yeah, to me, survival's like kind of what the PvP should have been in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. I was going any DLC expansions to toss in there for good measure. Mm. Nothing that I can think of. Did Stardew get a DLC this year? They got a patch. Uh, they got a got patch. Some big, big content big injection patch, or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. free. Um, yeah. I think that's-, that's what makes this category kind of hard now because most people just like slowly patch their games instead of doing like a big DLC or a big expansion. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. the uh, wasn't the Ark expansion this year the fi- the one that added it's dragons and a whole new planet and all that fire stuff? Fire thingy. Yes, it was. I I, I have to admit I don't really play Ark, so I don't know much about it. We yeah, barely I've, brought Legion. Like a pretty up, big overhaul, but it, they, they yeah. a lot of people like complained about it because it was kind of like it felt like they'd done a lot of patches of similar kind of size, I guess, 
And then all of a sudden it's like, the next one's going to cost you $20 or whatever it was. And yeah, was like, there were what? arguments that like the pa- the content, some of the content that was in there was supposed to be like in a free update and they ended up charging for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard there was a lawsuit <clears throat> that kind of meant that they took a really big financial hit and kind of had to. Right, yeah. Uh, but it's hard to say whether or not it's true. Mm-hmm. We barely touched Legion, like, and I think that that's like a big mention. I mean, Jesse, yes. you played a ton of it. Sacriel, I mean, you it... played quite a bit of it, or? Uh, no, I so say Legion is the only Legion and Mr. Pandaria are the only expansions I've never played. Oh, but really? I played other than that, I played like eight years of WoW. Yeah. Here's here's why I wouldn't give the like winner to Legion. Um for as much as Legion was hype when it came out, and as much as everyone and their brother was in this thing and like talking how great it was, mm-hmm. however many months months out we are now from launch, I'm the exact same place where I was when Pandaria came out and when like every expansion. I haven't played WoW in maybe four or five weeks. It's one of those things where it's cool, and then you get to a certain point, and it happens every single time where you're either in it because this is my shit and this is the only game I play and I love this game and I play 12 hours a day or you're, well, I had a fun experience. Now it's time to move on. And I think I've hit that moment where I have it. I'm still paying for it. And Lord knows every once in a while I'll be like, maybe I should log in, but I just don't. So when you say you you get like once a week raid with your buds and then yeah, you you do your weeklies, right? You kind of log in, do your weekly raid. It's easy. You get a few tokens and log out again. Yeah, and that's just sort of either habit or I don't want to fall too behind when the next expansion comes out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where because it feels so similar to uh, Warlords, when Warlords came out where I had that like, oh my god, they finally nailed this shit. And yeah. then I immediately dropped off the map. Uh-huh. I definitely think this is... Yeah. I don't know if it deserves to... It's cool. It deserves to be mentioned and nominated. I don't think it deserves to win. Okay. Yeah, I was the same in Warlords. Like, you make your garrison and you, you upgrade your build buildings you're like oh my god this is amazing and you get your followers and they get epic grade that's amazing and once you've kind of got everything you just log in and go followers do my quests you give me that stuff from the box log out again like yeah, you get into such a routine mobile app and <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, you don't even need to load the game right yeah yeah it just has to do with like what kind of gamer you are and i feel like warcraft taps into a a, a very specific niche of gamer who if mmos are still your jam there is no better MMORPG. The king. Yeah. There's, none. There's nothing even close. And so mm-hmm. this expansion offers you so much that you want and actually does really, really well. It's just one of those things where eventually some people, uh, definitely myself included now, are just like, I have to do other things. Like, I literally can't be doing this every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the problem they might suffer from is their content is such high quality, they can't just put so much out that it keeps everyone busy. They have to adhere to the law. They have to adhere to their quality standards for raids and drops and balance. I don't know about lore, but all right. <laughs> I'd fight you on lore, but okay. No, but I think, yeah, I think you're right. And especially with this one, the quality's there. Everything they've done so far has been phenomenal. Uh, the way they set up this expansion is great. I just think that it's one of those things that just either you are down with MMORPGs or mm. you are in it for like a little bit and then you're out. There is no. Middle I, you know, I play it. I play it five days a week, but only casually. That does not exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could throw in one that's like less of a "Hey, this was good," and why the fuck did you not expand it? I want to know where the fuck the Doom single player DLC is because they put out a season pass and made 
almost all of the content multiplayer. They released a free arcade yeah. mode, which is great and like totally worthy of a second playthrough with that, by the way. Really, really good mode. But the DLC, the actual season pass, was all multiplayer shit that nobody cared about. It's like, dude, you, you, you had an incredible campaign. Not to mention one that ended on a note where you could have very easily continued it. Mm. And you fucking didn't! There's no announcement of an expansion. There's no DLC there. Although I will say they did just implement, I believe, official snap map support for making co-op single player like PvE maps. Which is cool. Like, mm. I imagine there's, there's already co-op maps with the limited support. Now there's much better support in snap map for it. So I have a feeling that we're going to see some really cool shit come in via snap map. But holy fuck, like, that that campaign was so good, I was left wanting more. No doubt about it. I was watching JP's stream when he finished it. It's like, these are the coolest credits ever. Fuck, I need more of this right now. Because it's that good. And yeah, and they just making the DLC on multiplayer was foolish, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not that the multiplayer was awful. About the single player. Like because there isn't places. one like it's yeah. it's that good like the worst you can say about the single player is that towards the end it maybe gets a little samey at times mm. but if yeah, you're it's... in if you're in the groove if you like the way that the single player is you don't care that it happens to have a slight bit of padding it's just like i want more of this shit fuck yeah. i want to punch more demons i want to get bigger guns i want to just keep fighting yeah it's good padding though right it is it's, good that kind of gameplay where even if it gets a bit repetitive and using the same weapons and the same configs, it's just super satisfying to do. Yes. Whereas padding in other games, like Tom Clancy games and stuff, when it's like, okay, tranquilize Dart the guy, drag him over here, hack the thing, tranquilize the guy, it kind of gets, the, the padding is really boring. But the Doom padding in Doom... respects your time. Yeah, where padding in Doom doesn't have any kind of qualms about what it is. No. It's like, you want another room of demons to fight? Cool, come this way. Like, right. I love how unapologetic Doom is. Like, and I've got a lot to say about that at the end of the year, but um, how Doom is like, Doom does not fucking apologize for what it is. Doom is Doom, and it is proud to be Doom, and it almost wasn't. That's the weird thing. If you watch the documentaries that Danny O'Dwyer just put out that are fucking amazing from Noclip, that game almost didn't happen. Like, mm. the original form mm. of Doom was nothing like that. And I'm so glad that it ended up the way that it was because it's so much better for it. Right. Fucking awesome. I mean, I could also drop in there. It's effectively DLC because it's part of the season pass, but it's also free. Uh, what they've been doing with Rainbow Six Siege has been mm -hmm. really good this year. Yeah, they've really... I know a lot of people that are still super on the Siege train. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Play it all the time. I'd be more into it if I wasn't so fucking terrible at it. But <laughs> that's oh no, me with my... almost every game. I was gonna say that sounds yeah. familiar. I am so, so good at that bad game. At it. I wasn't fucking terrible at it. it it's the it's almost the same feeling I get from Counter Strike that you know I get capped five seconds into the map and then I just have to wait for the end of the round. Like it feels like that, yeah. but maybe even worse. But at least with um, Rainbow Six Siege, not only do you get to control the cameras when you're dead, which is great. That means you actually get to do something. But mm -hmm. you c also watching through the eyes of your teammates is a really tense experience. I love Rainbow Six Siege and what they've done with it, expansion-wise, they've added a bunch of new characters. Some are OP. They fixed them. Credit to them for that. They have some mm -hmm. really cool new maps. The new fucking skyscraper map is amazing. They've really o they've overdone the cosmetic system in a big way. They've redone the UI in a big way. They've 
fixed a lot of the cheating issues. They fixed a lot of the netcode issues. They added caliber-based destruction to the game. They've really supported the competitive scene. The player base is now larger than it was on launch, which is almost unheard of for a game like that. Most of the time, a game like that will go into a death spiral. This actually didn't, which I think mm-hmm. is testament to how much support it had. Uh, so, you know, Siege, it, technically the DLC is free, but the season pass gives you earlier access to the operators. So I guess you can throw that in there. I mean, there's, from a Twitch perspective, there's very few games, especially first-person games, that come out and they have the initial spike of viewers because it's new, and then they drop back down to like, 20th in the game list and work their way back up to the top 10 very few fps yes. games do that like titanfall just blip blip over yeah titanfall's done like the, nobody's streaming that nobody cares uh cod yeah. and nobody cares battlefield i mean to some degree but oh, it's, it's, it's not doing bad yeah it's it's so i think because battlefield has such a large player base that kind of keeps it mm. up there but i don't think it's a good viewing experience and they just put out their first kind of a new map and yeah, giant patch shadow. balance and stuff. So it's actually really good. Yeah, they did put in the, this mode, which is getting me a bit more interested. I think they still need to fuck a bit with the um, the custom servers, but they put a standard issue rifle mode in. So mm-hmm. if you set up a custom server, you can set it up so that each class gets their nation standard issue rifle with iron sights as well as all of other shit, huh. which is kind of stepping in the direction that I want it to go. Like, yeah. I imagine this game mode whereby... It's like a condensed version of World War One, where you start off like, and it's kind of like the operations mode where you drag through a few maps where it takes about an hour. You start off in like 1914 where nobody has a fucking clue how to fight war. Like the French are still in big bold colors and still marching in columns across battlefields <laughs> with shitty ass fucking weapons, you know, and then you start to progress. You get more machine guns in there. You start to dig trenches. You the, you see the advent of the plane. You see the advent of the tank. And it mm-hmm. goes through that kind of mode. Uh, there was a mod for Half-Life called Science and Industry, which was one of my favorite mods ever. And mm-hmm. you are two rival research corporations trying to sabotage each other. You, two, you both had a base. You both had a science team. You could go and kidnap the scientists from the other team and go and put them to work for you. And then your team kind of voted on a research upgrade. And you progressed and you got new shit like uh, fucking mechanical bees and poison gas and new weapons and defenses and stuff. I'd just kind of like to see a battlefield mode like that that was focused on, an ar- literally just call it arms race. Have you start That's off with really yeah. shitty ass weapons and go all the way through to 1918 with all the crazy stuff and yeah. all that kind of thing. That, yeah. I would dig that. It would be so awesome. Like, in the middle of that mode, it's like the first tank rolls onto the battlefield and you have no fucking clue how to deal with it. It's like, we don't have any tank weapons because tanks didn't exist. What the fuck do we do? That kind of thing. I'd love it. That'll be, that'll be fucking awesome. Anyway, that's kind of beside the point. But you're right. They did add, um, that's free DLC for uh, Battlefield 1. They haven't added season pass stuff in yet. I think the next, the real first piece of DLC is focused on the French because they really did not uh, do much of that at all i don't know what's going to be going on with it uh, but it'll be interesting to see cool yeah so quite a lot of dlcs and expansions this DLCs, year, i guess yeah. yeah more to come in 2017 can't wait for the uh, darkest dungeon dlc that's coming yeah it's gonna be good. van helsing as a new merc you can buy and all sorts of creepy bloody Actually, kind of masquerade things yeah yeah it's gonna be great all in on that. And the the new um, Final Fantasy fourteen expansion. I'm excited for that. At least someone is. 
Just me. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. So. I haven't played Final Fantasy since seven when I was like 12. Yo. 15 was really fun. 15 is the shitness. It is so much fun. Yep. We'll no doubt get onto that one later. We have plenty of categories that'll fit on. So let's move on because we've uh, dwelled a lot on that one. Uh, to one that we won't spend a lot of time on. Herody Derody Dare. The best of toilet gaming, as suggested by Jesse. We're hitting all my categories. Right? We are. Good We're one. doing all your categories, is, man. I, I know that through the years, you've seen a lot of categories that have been like best mobile game. But let's get real. <laughs> the are the ones you can play on the toilet hands down mm. this and is that the specific requirements like, Pokemon for that. go right like no 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 we all get that was you cool. can't play that, can't play that on the toilet yeah. you can't play it on the toilet maybe These you got games. a moving toilet maybe These you know it rolls games. around maybe even i don't know that you can play a 3ds game on the toilet that requires sure skill, but i think you can i would say uh here's some here's some games i'm going to throw out there for you guys because there's all a right. lot Okay. Uh, one, <laughs> played a lot of them. Right. Dodger mentioned this earlier. Guild of Dungeoneering. I think that is a phenomenal toilet game. Yep. It is. Session I session would, length is good for that. Yep. Yep. I would say that Severed is also a cool toilet game. I don't know about that. Severed. Severed uh, was a game that was on Vita, but yes. then it got ported to iOS, and it is like a. First person, you like slash. It is very, very good, oh. but that's the reason why I don't think it's a good toilet game. Like the amount of, it's too good. To I mean, be a well, game. I guess things, that, things like that are real time is tricky. You know, if he's using a larger device, that can be a little bit tricky as well. Uh, you want? Uh, I, think, I wasn't thinking with iPad. I was thinking more with oh, like, phone. Phone. Okay, no, you're I mean, right. You're right. A you bigger that. device that would be too hard. That's That'd why. That's why it wouldn't win. That's why it's nominated, but wouldn't win. Right. Um, I would say the Mr. Robot game. Is a phenomenal toilet game because you can play it while you're on the toilet and put it down and not touch it again till you get back on the toilet because by that time you'll have new messages. Uh, that's fair. Banner Saga 2, I think, is a good toilet game because that's what the fuck would you play that on though? That's not on I, iOS, is it? I think it is now, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't believe you, but I'll check. I think it's on iOS. Check it. Google knows. Google knows all. Alexa. You don't have Alexa. I wish I had an Alexa in here. Actually, you're right. It is on the App Store. You're totally yeah. right. I did I think not that's know a phenomenal, that. I think that's a phenomenal game to play on the toilet. Here's the problem. I haven't played it on the toilet, but I know, having played it normally, that had I not played it already, man, would I be playing that thing while taking a poop? That is up my alley. Um, There's a bunch, I think. Clash Royale is uh, going to be in there. No Clash doubt about Royale it. Clash Royale is definitely Perfect one. session length. Yeah. Uh, the... Whatever the hell that damn Star Wars game is. That Star Wars would be Galaxy of Heroes. I think I'd be on there. Um, uh, God, so many so many things came Plants out. Plants vs. Zombies Heroes probably on that list. Uh, games can run a little long for that. Uh, yep. Rain, I feel like, is a good toilet game as well. Rain, Rain is an excellent one. Rain is a one. great yeah. toilet game. Yeah. Uh, it's like scroll, scroll, which is phenomenal. I would throw the trail on there. Because you can just go from one campfire to the next and be like, cool, and then wipe and move on with your life. Yeah. You know, session length and the ability to put it down is important. Mm -hmm. If yes. you can't do that, you know, you run into issues. You know, Plants vs. <laughs> yeah. Zombies. My heroes, favorite toilet you know, game is the HTC uh, Vive. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, it's perfect setup. It's great. 
I think you've got to play certain decks in PvZ Heroes which would be a good toilet game. Like, if you play, like, a stall deck, unless you've had, you know, some issues lately, that can be... That's not ideal, you know? I don't you... know. Look, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes that's it's your sanctuary. You gotta just close that door and let the world fade away. It's uh, the poo and plants versus zombies. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had this discussion when when the concept of toilet games. I like up. that you've had this discussion. This is of like, course it's a discussion <laughs> worth having. It's it is a discussion worth having because for some people it's like, well, I don't want to waste time in there, but I want to have stuff to do. So I want like a game that's going to take like a minute or two, and then I can move on with my life. Yeah, but. I'm I'm definitely the sort of person where if it's a chill day and I got nothing else to do and I go to the bathroom, like I might just I might just hang out in there for a while playing a game. If that's I'm real. That's like, truth. That's me. that's truth. Yeah, that's fact. Some days you're just like f it, I'm in here. Mm -hmm. I'm in here for a good fifteen. Close that door. Let's do this. That's like old school style, right? Like like you old always school. hear, or at least I did. It is. I, my mom, my mom used to talk about how my nana, my grandma, used to go into the bathroom with her cigarettes and a newspaper and just hang out in there. No one does that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? Truth. Now we do. I vividly remember my dad world. being like, paper, bathroom, C in 25. Like, <laughs> there's no way he's in there poop for 20. He's just embracing the moment. Yeah. No one does that anymore. It just not happened. So you ever, did you ever do that thing when you're a kid and you go in the bathroom and you forgot to bring like a comic or a game or anything and you just kind of pick up shampoo and read something? Oh my god! Yes, yes. yes. Right. A lot too real. That's about, way too real. <laughs> you learn a lot about soap ingredients and guidelines during those. But it's like I need anything. I learned a lot of French that way because <laughs> <laughs> you get to read the English Absolutely version anything. and then the French version and you're like, oh, that's it's how like you got say it. I'm so that. bored. Or there'll be like one thing that you've left in there, but you've read it 500 times already. And you know you've read it 500 times already, but it's like, it's the only thing. It's either this or the wall and an acute awareness of what I'm doing. Like you need yeah. a distraction for what it is you're doing. And yeah. it, so, you know, absolutely. <laughs> we we it's used to have category. It's, it's our important. It's the most important category in this entire show. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just glad that we have it's a very this accessible category. Technology yeah. has allowed this to happen. Because I, you know, back in university when I was sharing a house, you know, with three other guys at uni, uh, we didn't have toilet gaming. Uh, what we had, we had magazines, and none of us would buy a new magazine, and it was the same fucking magazine, and I read everything in it, cover to cover, and it was starting to get a bit boring. It's like, why won't you cheap fuckers buy a new magazine? Like, no, nope, we're not <laughs> yeah. going to do that. You do it. Now everything's at your fingertips. Yeah, it is. In my I remember, I remember having to go to the back of a magazine and look through the cheat section and hope the game you're playing at home is in the cheat section. Yeah. And nowadays, you just be like, oh, cheat for my game. Back then, you used to be like, oh my god, my game. Up C, down C, left C, right C. We just straight up kids these days with video games. <laughs> kids <laughs> oh these days god. got to so yeah. easy. They can just look up codes. Yeah. Back uh, in my day, we had to go uphill both ways to find codes. <laughs> five feet of snow. Oh my God, I found an old notebook that I had when Ocarina of Time came out and my cousins and I were all sitting around trying to break the game. And I had like entire pages where I was like, okay, if you do this and then this and then this, all of the colors invert. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. It was so bizarre. And I was like, man, I need to go back and try to do all that shit again and That's see what awesome. happens. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll do one last category before the break. Uh, 
It's another Jesse's. Just getting his out of the way. Best supporting character in a video game. So what do you no, mean? I, How's that like different to the other one? I think this is way more important than main character because most main characters in games don't say a damn thing. Or they do, but they have to interact with these characters. These are the characters that I think are the ones that make a game shine, right? Yeah. Okay. They so, add life and color to a game. Yeah. Yes, I would say they're way more important than main characters. Which is why I hands down 100% give it to Delilah and Firewatch. Mm. I think That's she's a good a one. She is a character. Isn't she a main? I, I guess you can get away. It's your category. You can well, you, know you, never, see, you, you never see her. And that she's is true. Not, she's, she's a character that exists in the periphery, so she can't be a main character, but she's good enough as a side character that she feels like a main character. And okay. she's the driving force of this game, and I would simply say that she's like an incredible addition to this story, and one hundred percent is my my like supporting character uh, of the year. Hands sure. Um, I'll throw in Wrench from Watch Dogs Two, becoming sort of more. He's he's my cool and awkward as fucking a little overly enthusiastic, but. He also makes a lot of weapons, so I sort of have to deal with them. Friend. Nerdy friend. Like, there's plenty of little moments in that game where he's just nerding out over something, and you can just tell he's really enthusiastic about it. And for a character that people thought was going to be super cringe and awful from the trailers, he's only a bit cringe. He's a bit cringe in the way that your overly enthusiastic, nerdy, a little bit introverted, but still fun friend is. Right. And I can dig that because, as I said before, Watch Dogs 2 is a game for nerds, whereas Watch Dogs 1 should have been a game for nerds, but it tried to be too edgy and too fucking cool. Whereas Watch Dogs 2 is like, yeah, we love dumb shit. Our base is literally in a board game shop, for fuck's sake. In, in the process, I add the random guy standing around in that board game shop that tells you that your deck is trash, despite not... Dis <laughs> really giving accurate information as to what game he's talking about that's it is that these ha these things are real this is realistic <laughs> this is real life this people real this life. happens it's too real this fucking happens um we could add the rabbit from fury into that yeah he's he's you, a great character all right yeah i mean he, he fills he fits right into your justification jesse where you said that you know, the main character doesn't talk much. The supporting character kind of has to provide the exposition and mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the build around it. That's literally his role. Uh, and I always felt like there was a real degree of malice under everything he was doing. Like, he was there for his own benefit. And I was wondering why that was, you know, and why he was hanging around. That added a cool element of mystique to what's otherwise a boss rush game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. How about the... Um, uh... The Titan from Titanfall 2. Single oh, player. that's a good one as well. Because sure. that's a really, you know, when you immediately think about Titanfall, you kind of disassociate the Titans as a tool, but that game really cements like a personality and the way you get the Titan is its owner basically dies and gives you command, yes. like bonds you to it almost. And then it's always there for you for the rest of the game. You kind of feel a bit attached to it when it's off fighting or being wrecked or whatever you kind of feel like oh god i need you know you get protective over it even though you're the human and it's the titan and i thought that kind of connected you it, it grounded you a lot in the single player experience of, of titanfall and it really made you feel it almost a bit like a parent but it protected you and you protected it, it as kind of a you know vice versa kind of thing i i really thought that was a, a cool experience 
Yeah, there's, a, there's a definitely like Terminator 2 feel, sort of boy and his droid kind of thing yeah, going exactly, on with yeah. that. You know, that. Some people dug. I personally wasn't into it, but I definitely see why other people would be. Hmm. It's a good it's good narrative tool to kind of, to as you said, ground the experience. Hmm. I agree with that. I thought it was kind of a, a fresh angle as well. Like a lot of single player games, like, you know, your Call of Duty's, your Battlefields, they kind of similar-ish stories where there's a load of expendable characters and this one... I, I, I don't know, the juxtaposition of the thing that can defend you is kind of like a big child and you have to look after it. I don't know, it's just that it kind of kept you on your toes emotionally and in, you know, game mechanic-wise. It was, it, was it was a really interesting angle, I think, they took. Speaking of that, incidentally, going into COD, uh, Ethan from the Infinite Warfare campaign, who is the... Can, he's almost the comic relief robot. Yeah, all right. Um, he's the robot character. Enhanced Tactical Humanoid Third Revision. Um, he, you know, he's... He's pretty sarcastic. He's quite funny. He almost does he does badass things for the sake of doing badass things. And in a campaign that's very dumb, very bombastic, very in your face Call of Duty, it provides like a degree of action movie self-awareness, I think. The hmm. the rest of it doesn't. So I think he's I think he's pretty good. Like I was always interested in seeing what he had to say in a cutscene as opposed to everybody else who I can't even remember the fucking names of at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome that's a good one. There. Um, the answer that I wrote down is like kind of a trolley answer and it's also a spoiler, so I won't say it, but, <laughs> um, I think that, uh, Vladdy from Maze was a fantastic side character. Um, I think that, uh, the payoff with Onion Knight in Dark Souls 3, like he's uh, always been a fantastic side character and I know everybody who knows that I haven't played Dark Souls 3 yet is going to be so upset that I know that this happened, but there's, you like... You meet Onion Knight and Dark Souls Three, and he like fights with you for the first time, and it's it's like such a satisfying feeling after three games to just be like, oh my god, he's ah, he's like jumping into battle with me. Oh, we're like actual bros finally. Um, is his actual? I'm not a big Dark Souls fan. Is his actual character name Onion Knight, or did people name him no. that because he's got some kind of? I think like a round head or something stupid. Like because his his armor is like onion armor. Yeah. Oh but yeah, that's the, not the guy with the big sort of. The bulky ar armor, yeah. yeah. That was, he was in a couple of the Dark Souls games, wasn't he? Is that his name? Siegfried's Something yeah. like that. I just remember yeah. JP called him Onion Bro. The first, yeah. the first time I ever encountered him, I never. I've watched a lot of Dark Souls streams, but I never saw this character if he's in the other ones. Mm -hmm. And then like JP just talked to him, and went, "Well, what's up, Onion Bro?" And I was like, "That seems kind of like he's specifically saying it like it's a running joke or a known thing." It and is, I'm, yeah, because everybody, like, everybody loves. The Onion Knight, he's just a fantastic character that's recurring and wonderful. Um, there are lots of great side characters in Stardew Valley. Uh, and my my answer, my trolley answer had to do with Inside. Okay. Goof. You weren't allowed to spoil Inside. It made me laugh, though, for myself. So. Who's your favorite Stardew Valley person? Oh, gosh. That's really hard. I think that I they did such a good job of characterizing everyone in that town. Mm. Um, I think that pretty much every single person, if you if you take the time to interact with them and find out their backstory and what's going on in their lives, like they wind up feeling very real. Like there are people mm. dealing with really you know realistic interesting stuff where you're like oh my god i've met you before like in real life like i know this person yeah. you know um so i i just think overall a lot of the stardew valley characters have have value as as side characters and like 
building that town for you and making you care about it. Mm. It's such a it's such an interesting game that it's so kind of light-hearted it's almost like a little mobile game i'll plant my crops sell my crops yeah. and then like you go to the shop and he's like oh like, i'm gonna have to shut down now because the mart's selling things for cheaper than me and you're like whoa it's got really heavy really quick yeah like, you're like oh this girl's really cute. maybe i'll start interacting with her a bit more oh your mom's an alcoholic yeah right oh. it gets really deep oh shit <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah really cool game mm-hmm Fantastic. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we've got more categories for our fake fucking award show. Yeah. We're going to fill six hours of this. We're not going to do six hours today, obviously, but we've got a couple more. We've got a couple more hours to go. So you're watching the Co-Optional Podcast and the Co-Opties Fake Video Game Awards. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome back to the Co-Opties Fake Video Game Awards show. We're now in the talk show category, by the way. There's no gaming talk show category anymore. Twitch has gone to the dogs. Been going downhill recently, bro. Yeah. Wait, it's just called talk show now? Yeah. We, Wait, we, we talk about anything? I guess so. We can't... Although Welcome does that to mean, our Pop-Tart podcast. What's your best Pop-Tart? Specifically <laughs> means we can't talk about not, video games. Who knows? Not strawberry. You mean cinnamon is the best Pop-Tart? Something. I don't have a favorite Pop-Tart. Yeah, because they're all shit, Good. really. Like. They're all pretty grim. Of all the shit, cinnamon is the best. It's going to be confusing for at least a couple of weeks because I'm going to put, put the wrong thing in the title. So it's awful that Twitch did this and they've ruined the only unique thing about Twitch and killed the soul of Twitch and all the How other dare things. They? Twitch is basically dead. Yes. Yeah. All the other things that I saw on the little subreddit about Twitch with people who have about 20 viewers at most. Twitch is over. Twitch is over. It's over. It's, over. it's dead. It's dead. They're literally it's handing good, it good to the women. Us. The women. <laughs> All those women wait, were very, what? very popular wait, on Twitch. What? No, seriously, that that's yeah, an argument <laughs> so people try to fucking make because we now have an IRL category that means we're handing it to the cam girls and the women. The women are getting an unfair Hand advantage it to now. Me, the women. Because people yeah. actually want to look at them. Ah. Oh. No, wait. Pause. Pause. Uh, that, like, uh, they're making it. So women are streaming themselves, and I gotta go watch now. Like that is the weirdest <laughs> argument. It's crazy. Right? Them for making me go watch these women. Oh my See, god! See, that's what I was gonna say. Is like, so you're basically admitting that you're gonna go and watch cam girls. Like that's not my. Which that's not my fault. Fine, you could go It's the Walmart fallacy of like Walmart's ruined everything, but man, do they have good deals. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they're ruining everything, but I love shopping there. Hey, I'm just going to make this argument. If you can't outdo with your content uh, a cam girl, or someone who is just literally dancing around on the stream or whatever, or just happens to be pretty, then you're shit anyway. Like, it wouldn't have made a difference. And I'm sorry, but yes, show me the the massive list of top 100 Twitch channels and how many yeah. of them are women and cam girls because mm. i have a feeling that hasn't changed very much yo straight up don't even hate on those cam oh, girls don't do it why would you everything has a place on the internet i'm not talking to you i'm talking like how people. is it any worse than streaming fucking video games everything has a place on the internet you can't you can't <laughs> like you're interfering all. with the serious business of streaming video games yeah man <laughs> How Look, fucking dare you do that thing? This is thing. really important work. You don't understand. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're tearing apart the fabric of our society. That is funny as shit, by the way. Just to think about that. Like, people losing their shit over, like, what, my gaming stream? I know. It's... 
Whoa, it's a, it's more a, people yeah. like me are gonna take over who just sit there and talk about their hair dye for like you were hour. doing that anyway it's not yeah, like i know nothing has changed i get to just keep living my life man <laughs> wow dodger is like a twitch suffragette she fought before it was allowed she was out in the street talking about hair dye. yeah she you nailed it you nailed it oh god just be ahead of the attack yeah yeah you were out there on the front lines Indeed. Bless you, bless you. You're going to get a holiday one day. Basically, it's all your fault. Mm-hmm. Re and such. <laughs> okay. Let, let's Here's move the in. <laughs> there we go. I had to fit that in there somewhere, considering how much fucking bullshit about Twitch IRLs come the last week. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, do any of us look worried? No. Okay, let's move on. Uh, best VR experience. Uh, Sacramento, I think you tossed this one in here. Oh. This yeah, because a- like, VR is a big thing this year, yeah. right? So I figure that'll be an interesting one to share our views on. Yeah, I agree on that one because it's like, honestly, like VR is in such a weird place at the moment where it's still trying to kind of create a market and claw out of obscurity because it's very expensive and you need really good hardware to run the Vive and the Oculus on. And there aren't actually that many real games out for it yet. A lot of early access stuff, a lot of just shit that was thrown together in Unreal Engine just for the sake of it. Yeah, you there is a lack of that so yeah let's talk about the stuff we played on vr that's actually been good and that we thought was worthwhile i love that damn archery game what's There's it called of, yes uh, swords and archery ones the one that the one that's inside of um the just like valve workshop thing oh oh the the nvidia funhouse thing it's in the Valve. It's the one lab, where they're like little black stick figures that just yeah. like try to attack um, your face and you're like fuck you I could play that game all day and then I would be more ripped than people who masturbate 24-7. Like, your arms hurt so bad. I'm not I love it. 100% sure that that's how it works. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's how you get ripped, but I'm That is how you get ripped. Me. That's what cartoons taught me. I'm Something down to expect for science. I'm in. For yeah. science, Jesse. I'm in. I, I think yeah. all the UFC champions just play VR all day. I think that's how they... Yeah, that's it. They just do yep. Oh, uh, I mean... Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> But the juicy controller, right? Oh god. Yeah. Have you guys played the uh Oh god. Get this thing to work. Have you guys played the uh accounting game by the Rick and Morty people? I yes, have that's not and I should. Oh, it's so it's free. It's totally free and it's like a I think it's like a tech demo. I think they're testing the waters before they make an actual Rick and Morty game, but it is super 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 genius. It's so wacky, it's so funny. And they do like this is kind of a weird inception thing where you're basically the concept is you go to do accounting for this weird company. And then while you're doing the accounting, like you put on a VR headset in the game ah. and you're in a VR in VR and you start to go like, it's almost like Inception. You go down through the levels and then you have to start doing weird stuff to get back. It's super interesting. It's really wacky, really zany, really innovative. Huh. Um, can't recommend it enough. And it's free. Super good. If you like Rick and Morty, it will have you uh, in stitches. I played a couple of recent titles that came out with the Oculus Touch that I feel like are really sort of pushing things forward. Uh, Super Hot in VR is fucking awesome, by the way. Is it? Yep. Awesome. It, uh, mm. it, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, uh, I think Je- Jesse coined the term the stupor. Uh, the stupor, which you know, kind of is for those shooters where you're kind of standing on a platform. And you've got a limited Getting amount of movement. Stoop, so to speak. Stoop, yeah, okay. stand on a stoop. And you dodge around the place, but you're not walking a lot. Um, Super hot is a perfect example of that working well. 
particularly because that game involves a lot of fine movement around a limited space, which, uh, you know, rather than full-on room scale, which is perfect. And it's got a lot of, you know, you remember the main game had a lot of shit like catching a gun out of midair as it falls from a guy that you just hit. Right. Cutting a bullet in half with a sword. Uh, take that, put it on fucking really accurate controllers and let you do that for real. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I, you know, catching, uh, reaching across my room to catch a fucking gun in midair and then just fucking throwing it at some fuck's head. Um, I I picked up an ashtray and threw it at a bullet to fucking deflect it out of the air. And because, of course, it's all done in time only moves when you do, it's perfect to pull off those really awesome action movie moves. I don't know. When I imagine it, when I imagine, like, a bullet coming at me and if I can't dodge it fast enough, the anxiety in my mind of being in VR with a bullet right here and being like, I can't, I'm going to die. Like, that's why that you'll never be a leader. It stresses me out. <laughs> You you just you're you're designed to follow, not to lead. Con your sheep, wow. Weakness. Wow. Weakness. You need to get over that. If you play a bunch of it, you might you may very well get over that weakness. I mean it. sure, yeah. It's a personality building thing. Okay. You have to do that. Uh other one, Arizona Sunshine is a one that's come out quite recently. It's mostly just a zombie shooter, but it's a really detailed looking one and it's sort of pushing the graphical boundaries of what vr can do right now and it it felt really good to hold a gun in that game a a lot of vr games have tried to do the i'm holding the gun and all that kind of thing and i'm reloading a gun this one just works really well Uh, the first gun you get you just get your old colt 1911 and you're just popping zombies you're being really careful with your aiming and you feel like it's lining up pretty much exactly with where your hand is which is awesome it feels good because the controller's got a good trigger on it. The reloading, you basically like slap it down to your belt level to put a magazine in, which is a pretty good way of doing it. Quite a few games have been experimenting with more realistic reloading in VR because they think, hey, maybe that's what people want. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, of course, the problem with that is that it does have a tendency of dragging the game down a bit. It slows it down maybe too much. It's too fiddly. Uh, yeah, th- absolutely. That sounds like a terrible idea to me. Oh, yeah. Some people love it, though. Uh, some people really like liked it in um, a hover junkers and things like that. Uh, to me, like just slapping the controller down to sort of uh, waist level and basically putting in a, a magazine from your belt is kind of perfect. And they represent it well in the game by having you have an ammo belt with ready magazines there so your character properly animates. So that, that worked pretty well for me. Uh, that's those are more sort of recent VR experiences that I've really enjoyed that I think are really good. If I could say, I, I played a lot of VR with the PSVR recently, um, but still, this day, if I had to base best VR on most fun had, uh, and I don't know that this deserves to win, but I think it's the most fun I had with VR is keep talking and nobody explodes. That is a great one, yeah. Yes. yes. And, and because most of it is not in the VR, I don't yeah. know how much it qualifies, but man, as a VR experience, I had the most fun playing that game. Mm-hmm. It's a game that works outside of VR as well. Um, yeah. yeah so you could play it with VR or without. Uh, for the person who is in VR, sure. I mean, it's kind of convenient because you're isolated from the rest of the world and the, yeah. the other player is a voice in your ear quite literally. Yeah. I think so it, it works kind of best work. in VR. That's a game that's enhanced by VR that doesn't require VR, which mm-hmm. is fine. 
honestly, that's probably the best idea right now, considering the install base for VR is limited. Uh, we're mm -hmm. already entering time when VR multiplayer games are coming out. I'm thinking, oh God, do I have enough? Do I know enough people that have this to even exactly. make that a thing? What Werewolf Within and the Star Trek Bridge experience and things like that are coming along? Like, oh God, yeah. I, need, I need to find other people that have fucking things <clears throat> and they're set up and they actually want to use it. God, mm. that's going to be tricky. Uh, so that's that's that is definitely a bit of an issue. So, so I'll, with the, I with I the like keep, those options. Sorry, go ahead. With the keep talking, like it, I've only ever played the normal version. So you got one person, you know, doing the bomb and reading out the dials and all that, and then the other person's got like the manual, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. In the in the VR version, is it still the same? Like one person it's just has a PDF. The exact same thing. Yes. Because imagine if both people were in VR and the person with the manuals was like sat at a desk. Well, that'd, be, that'd be impossible. And you have to get <laughs> like <laughs> manuals out. Pages, yeah. Out of town. And you could, you could you like drop, you could, it'd be so fun though. Cause you could drop manuals oh, and God. they'd be like, oh, I need to do a bomb thing. And you're looking around like, where did I drop that manual? Like, I think that would be super fun. <laughs> if text yeah, reproduction was better on, on the devices, it would probably be fine. The problem that's is it's the thing. not. Text is almost always slightly blurry. Yeah, you VR. have to look at it at a very specific angle, which is one of like the worst features of VR right now that I really don't like. Um, mm. yeah. it's definitely something that needs to be worked on. I feel like the Oculus does it a little better than the Vive, but not by much. I so... feel like no matter what I do, pretty much every VR headset I put on, right in here, it might be because my head's small, I don't know, but like right in here oh, is always blurry, or like I see double. No, it's the same problem for me, and I always assumed it's because I have glasses when I have to do that. Mm. I was like, oh, well, I have two sets of lenses, so maybe that's the problem. No, as far as I'm aware, VR just is not capable of having text. It's not high enough resolution. Like, think about it. The resolution per not eye is not actually that high right now. Yeah. Like, in in future platforms, when we move up and past 4K, it'll probably be fine. But mm -hmm. right now, it's computers can barely handle what they're being tasked with in the first place. So, you know, that there is a bit of an issue with that. I Sort of moving on to something that is potentially cool, that we haven't really used, but I love the idea of tabletop sim VR. That's such a cool idea. Oh my god! I mean, I've I've seen what it can do, and it's amazing. Like you can literally juggle with the pieces between two people. It's that accurate in the multiplayer. Whether or not that will become a thing at some point, it might. It has a bit of potential, certainly, and I think that it's got a lot of potential for people who are, you know, either just introverted or kind of homebound for medical reasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think there's. That's an interesting level, an interesting um, research part, I think. you know, It's a good product to look at and see, hey, can VR be a bit more than what we think it can be? You know, right. Can we develop it in such a way that it can be a bit of a better social tool? You can well, already... Are they, aren't they already using VR to help people um, who have partially paralyzed limbs? Yes, to some extent. Although you've also got to bear in mind, of course, that a lot of VR is like, you know, you need to move quite a lot. So it's specific pieces of software. Yeah. It has therapeutic uses as well, I think. Absolutely. You like uh, meditative. meditative. Yeah. Can, can I use on a plane. Really like, this is something that I think media gets wrong every time and it annoys me to death. Every time they show the future, VR is always a fat dude in a dark room pretending to be a woman online seducing. <laughs> every time that there's, there's that scene. Yeah, and in reality, most VR is what we're talking about. Like in the future, it would be to help people in a ways that we can't yeah. even think about yet. It's not going to be some guy like, 
yay, my name's Doomy22, let's bang. Like, it, it's not, there'll always be that aspect, but that's I mean, like that, saying that's all right, the That person is. exists, sure. Like, there are a lot of those people, yeah. But, like, where's the, where's the, like, cool Overwatch version of that world? Where it's just like, yeah. you know what? Shit's the optimistic version? Cool right now. 2016 hasn't exactly been full of optimism. I think that's probably got a lot to do with it, but that. There are plenty of practical applications. Again, I use the Samsung gear on a plane uh, for to reduce flight anxiety. Because mm -hmm. if I'm... Uh, I'll go sit on the top of a fucking mountain in a really cool detailed 360 photo, you know, mm. uh, or watch, yeah. a, watch a movie on the moon. That kind of thing. And that... It does <clears> help reduce my flight anxiety a little bit. There are... I think that there are plenty of applications for it beyond that. And that'll probably be the mainstream use for it. Because let's bear in mind... The most popular VR headset by a country mile is the gear, which we mm. keep not talking about because obviously we, we talk a lot about gaming, but mm. the gear has outsold all the other VR headsets massively because it's only $100, you know, you need... A, it's affordable, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just need a specific phone for it. And there are other things coming out. Google's making their own proper version that isn't just the cardboard. There's some third-party ones. Using the phone as a VR uh, as a method to experience some form of VR will probably be the near future real application of it in the mainstream. We'll see more people on planes with them to watch movies. We'll see more people playing more basic games on them. You know, there's plenty of games that just we'll run see, by head tracking. I think as people, and this is a very like dark version of the future, but as more and more people are afraid to travel, they'll use this instead. Yep. Mm -hmm. they, this will be their travel substitute. Like, well, I don't want to go to that area of the world, but man, do I want to see it. Mm -hmm. I'm there. Yeah, and also, like, in a in a more positive spin, um, people who would never get the opportunity to travel will be able to see okay. things they never would be able to see. Yeah, totally. There's all sorts of positive aspects of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Hell, if I just toss in, my best VR experience was actually just watching a movie on the moon on a plane. <laughs> you know, or watching Netflix in a fucking virtual ski chalet. It had nothing to do with video games. Uh, Oh, I guess my best experience was actually watching my mother do that. Watching someone go into VR the first time oh. is a is yeah, oh it's the best. As hell. It's the best. Mm. There is video footage that no one has ever seen of me doing that the deep sea. Uh -huh. blue. Yeah, I'm blue in that. And that's the, I fall the fuck apart. I'm just like, fuck it, it's like fucking trying to throw it off of my face. Yeah. It feels so real sometimes. Like, yeah, the thing the thing that you need to do is pick, like, a calming version of VR and give it to especially a baby boomer and watch them just oh, yeah. be like, holy shit. Watch yeah. them unlock it. I, oh, it's a beautiful moment. It's just yeah. like, oh, it's my, so cute. My wife let my mother-in-law do the ever do a bit of the Everest climb thing with the Vive. Yes. <laughs> you know, as, as someone who can't, you know, she can't walk very well. You know, she's certainly not going to be ever going to Everest. That was a really cool, you know, moment to be able to see someone be able to experience part of that. Mm -hmm. They recently, if you, by the way, if you've got the blue, which is the underwater one. Yeah. Um, they actually recently updated it. And uh, Shannon's sister's come around to stay and we we showed her the blue. It's my, it's my go-to. Whenever yeah. I want to show how good... VR is, I put them on the blue and on that pirate ship and the manta ray goes past and they're like, okay, this is pretty cool. And they turn around and see the whale and freak out. Yes. Yeah. Like, I like cry just, like, curled into Because a I was so terrified and also right. like yeah. odd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they've just updated the blue. So she, I put her in the 
there's three, right? You've got those, the, the whale one, then you've got the um, tortoise one with the jellyfish, and then there's the dark one where you're kind of inside the carcass of a whale on the, the, the seabed. Yeah, that one has a really good payoff. It's going to come attack me, right? No, no, definitely not. You promise? Yeah, absolutely promise. And they've updated it, and something comes at the end, and I had no, no idea. No, what? So oh, she's like, all the fish was... have run away. All the fish have run away. I'm like, it's fine. It's just the end of the demo. And then she looks up. I'm not going to spoil it. It's like, if you've got it, go and try it. And she just like curled into a ball and just dropped to the floor. I was just like, oh shit, (laughs) sorry. It's so good. But just seeing that reaction is is amazing. Zero shark life. (laughs) Have shark free, it's the way to be. It's just, it's not a shark. I'm terrified of sharks. It's not a shark, but it's super cool. The entire whale one, I spent the entire time, even though Everyone was like, look at the whale, look at the whale. I was looking behind me because I was like, look, the whale over there has got my back. I don't know what. <laughs> I'll turn around. It's like, whale, we cool. He's yeah. over there staring at me. We having a good time. Whatever's behind me, though, is like, why those fish disappear? Shit's coming. Nothing <laughs> oh, comes, but the entire time I'm looking in the opposite direction. Like, Mm-mm. oh, my God. The blue has a really, really good progression. Because, yeah, that, there's the, like, tortoise one where there's nothing big. Yeah. There's nothing big. It's all scary. just, like, sweet, peaceful shit. And you're like, wow, it's so pretty. And then you do the whale one. You're like, fuck, it's a whale. But, like, it's a whale. So it's not going to, like, but, like, it's a, it's a fucking whale. And it's huge. I don't know. When it's tailed, when it leaves and it goes, like, past your face, everyone backs away. Like, whoa. Yeah. That's intimidating. Yeah. And I, then the I, third one. Great. It's so good. I do hope that, like, in 2017, we do see more services start to offer... It is VR as uh, for a virtual event attendance. Uh, I think that's that's a oh, huge, yeah. hugely strong mm-hmm. element that hasn't really been exploited yet. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, you can if you're trying to stream that level of detail with a full 360 cam, uh, you don't even have to do 360. You can do 180, as porn has perfected apparently. Well, apparently, most porn, I, I of course would not know that, has been is filmed with a 180 cam. There's actually a very, and I've said this before, there's a fascinating little uh, video on YouTube. I can't remember which website when did it, where um, they spoke to uh, someone who was doing VR porn direction, and she was directing the actresses as to where they had to stand, what specific things they had to do as a result of that. Yeah, imagine that's a whole other level of, like, work. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually is. And she, she was very knowledgeable about uh, specifics, you know, about cinematography and all that kind of thing. And having to, it's like, this is a 180 degree camera and the perspective is going to be completely different. So you're going to have to think about that. But all of that also applies to like live event attendance. I said before, and I think this is still one of the best things you can do on the little Gear VR. It's Vice that did the video on it. Uh, they do occasionally do good things. The um, There's a little two minute WWE video that puts you in the middle of the crowd uh, during a, an entrance and a little clips and matches. It's like, this I, This is the fucking next generation of pay-per-view. 50 bucks. Yeah. I'll pay to watch your event via VR. If I can't go to the real thing, absolutely. I want to be in the middle of the crowd, hearing the crowd from all sides, being that close to the ring, not relying on the fucking editing of the main show and what the production team does. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, don't cut there. I want to be looking at this instead or whatever. That I will pay for that. I will pay for that. And I think a lot of people will. Concerts, yeah. especially. Oh my god! Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Incredible. Yeah, totally. Sports. You could be on stage, right? Yeah, you they can. could just have a camera. They could have a oh. stick on stage with the three sixty camera, and you're just on stage looking at the people playing the instruments, right? Sports. <laughs> you're literally on the sidelines. That's like stick a camera right there. For sports will be a big deal. 
UFC, yeah. like yeah. if they had cameras on all the corners of the octagon, yeah. like when they're fighting, you could just pick a corner and just It'll be a thing. stand up or crouch and look at all the angles. Yeah. I can almost certainly think it will be. With, with the with the sort of widespread adaptation of gear and the, the other um, mobile headsets, it will be a thing. It just yeah. is the case of you've got to get the streaming good enough. Because nothing like taking you out of the experience like, oh God, my entire vision just went blurry and blocky and froze, you know? <laughs> my head's buffering. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good. That's not at all good. Uh, but yeah, what I've seen of that is really, really, really promising. Uh, mm. You know, and they're doing stuff with esports as well with Dota VR and there's a company that's doing spectator mm. stuff. So yeah, cool. Uh, all right, let's uh, stuck around in that category for quite a while. But to be fair, you know, VR is kind category. of a big deal. Big yeah. category, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's, all right, Jesse, let's get yours out of the way. Something that Another could. Jesse! Uh, yeah. let, this ties into VR as well. Best fandom, colon, erotica. Oh, we're going to do this best fandom first? Oh, colon, erotica. Uh, oh, you be, you had best fandom as a separate category. Best, uh, yeah, there's best fandom, all right. and then there's best fandom okay, erotica. Okay, let's do best erotica. fandom first, those. and then Together. we'll tie in. Oh, Jesus. Oh, this yeah, is, Jesse both. came this up with easy. this. This is easy. Jesse asked me last week, it's like, are there any limits on what we can do? I'm like, this you've been with the podcast long enough. You know, we can get away with this shit. So yeah, sure. All right. Uh, we'll combine them. So we so this is two answers you have to give, guys. Great. Uh, first off, I'm gonna just 100 percent say best fandom. Even though I'm not a part of it, I totally appreciate it. Dark Souls. I think 2016 was a huge sure. Dark Souls fandom year. And even though I'm not in it, I can appreciate the love people have for the game. And it's a fandom that is like next level in dedication and devotion to it. So yeah. I appreciate it. And for the most part, and I may be wrong as a person not a part of it, I think overall they seem very welcoming of people who want to know more about their world. Relatively even speaking, though, yeah. Like I feel like yeah, that's, that's I feel like they nailed that. And of course, best fandom erotica is Overwatch. Hands down. Hands down. That is the winner. There is no need to discuss it. I, I, That's the probably winner. Probably not. The, just the sheer explosion of that. It is. They went, and here's what I'll say. This is the last time we'll mention Overwatch this year. Because y'all, last year when we did this, all we talked about was Overwatch. And the game hadn't even come out yet. So this year, the only thing Overwatch wins is best, best fandom yeah, erotica. Screw all of you. Done. That's it. We're done talking about Overwatch. I, I, I remember that. We spent so much time in 2015 talking about Overwatch, and people were complaining their heads off. Pissed, yeah. Uh, and, and then when we finally said, all right, cool, then we'll stop talking about Overwatch, they, they, they then complained that we weren't talking about Overwatch because that was the launch <laughs> week. And it's like, no, you should talk about Overwatch now. You shouldn't have been talking about it for the last year. It's like, we got all we got to say out of it. It's almost like the viewers aren't one entity with one mind. I don't believe you in the slightest. <laughs> it's weird, right? Weird, it's totally we weird. Are we are podcasting as slaves of the singularity, and we Indeed. must appease it. <laughs> appease the swarm. <laughs> Best co-optional viewership group. Like, uh, uh, I have mine. Yeah, I can what you got? Uh, I would say best fandom this year would be Stardew Valley. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. the amount of mods and just fan interaction about the game. The love for the game is so 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 strong. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the new patch came out, and people were just. Over the moon, moon excited yeah. about it. Mods are co still coming out all the time, and it was released like earlier this year. So, um, I would say that that's like that's that's been like the coolest blow up of a fandom that I've seen this year. Um, best fandom erotica, I would say, uh, Fire Emblem. I've seen, a, I've seen oh. a lot of, I've seen a lot of titties. 
from Fire Emblem. There's a, well, that's a game almost about pairings. Let me put it that way. Yeah. It's built on the mechanics of the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised really, you didn't throw really Stardew Valley in on that one as well, because there's, there's some definitely shipping cross nonsense with that. There yeah. is, but but there isn't quite as much. There isn't like a huge, at least as far as I've seen, chat, you can feel free to disagree with me, but I haven't I'm seen sure a huge, like fan fiction and fan art surge from it as much as just, I want to add to this game. Like people spend a lot of time making mods specifically. They want to like be part of the game creation. Okay. Um, but Fire Emblem Fates, people were like, yo, I want to see those two people put stuff in stuff and then they draw it. Well, that's because the that's very the first, first trailer was just like a boob woman going like, come to me. Like that was it the was trailer. So really like, it's the boob women take it over the IRL category. The oh my God. They're giving it to women. Nah, the women. <laughs> Fuck. The, um, it's weird, actually, that Fire Emblem does come up quite a bit when it comes to that. It's like, this is a tactical uh, battle game. And yet, for some reason, there's a ton of porn of it and a ton of, like, cross-ship, whatever the weird weeb thing that you guys do it with that. Does like, not, it does not matter what the actual content of the game is. If people can be, like, turned on by a character in it, you can make a game that's a puzzle game. That's Hell, there are, there's portal porn. There's portal porn, and that's just like, I open portals and walk through them. People are like, yeah, but I, I bang her, though. You don't want the possibilities, though. Think of the angles, man. That's creative. You can do all sorts of things with that. That's yeah. I imagine the source filmmaker was put to good use. Although, weirdly enough, like Fire Emblem is, especially the latest ones, have been full of completely beautiful characters. Like all the men are attractive, all the women are attractive, and they can sometimes they can have relationships and get married, and there's actual like player benefits to that, and they can have kids. So yeah, of course, there's a ton of fanfic and shit like that but also sully let's take a minute and appreciate that sully is still the best two games later still the best character but pickles we're not we're not appreciating pickles but pickles the drummer i love metalocalypse it's like the, the most the sweetest pickle <laughs> fucking don't even get me started uh fandom wise um i'd like to give a nod to the civilization fandom for nope. civ 6 yeah, sort of in a similar way to the Dark Souls fandom, you would expect them to be a lot less welcoming and understanding than they seem to be. Mm -hmm. uh, particularly the subreddit, r slash civ. Uh, they, uh, particularly to me, like when I did a, a video on it, I definitely expected a lot of actually, and then five pages. Uh, yeah. uh, because right. let's be honest, it's a very, very detailed game. I'll probably make a mistake. I have played all the civ games, but I've not... I don't play thousands of hours of each. You know, I'll put mm -hmm. a little bit of time to each of them. Uh, there was none of that. It were They were super understanding about it. They were just happy that somebody liked it. That's um, the key, is most Civ players are just, like, thrilled someone else is in the Civ. Like, oh, you like Civ too? Yeah. It really doesn't matter if you're like, I know all the ins and outs of everything. And they can they seem to appreciate playing it on kind of every level. Like, you know, there's obviously a lot of those hardcore guys, they'll play it on Immortal... You know, or is it deity or mortal? It's top level. Well, fucked up now. But yeah, yeah, there's a there's <laughs> a lot of that. It's Actually, like yeah, here's how to optimize your build order. Here's how to win in multiplayer based on this. Here's the strongest faction. Here's the tier list. But even if you don't play it at that level, it doesn't matter because the chances are you've still got a cool story, and they just want to hear about it. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I was Samaria and got the nuclear bomb in 1622. And, you know, Mozart was born in uh, the Congo and all that kind of thing. <laughs> it it was, um, 
it was an interesting experience to to see what should have been you know very probably insular fandom actually be very welcoming and really chill that and just happy that people are enjoying it on some level and willing to say you don't enjoy it in the same level that i do but that's cool because as long as you have fun dude uh so that was great and yes. for some reason my streams were very chill for civ as well uh probably because there was literally hours of nothing but mm. people seem to just enjoy his voice yeah like that really adds to the chill <laughs> it, was, it was interesting uh, so yeah I, I was pretty uh pretty happy with uh, them on that one um well one thing i think about the civ guys is it's one of those communities where i think a lot of the people in the civ community think it's super niche but civ is kind of really mainstream like it's I the most mainstream person, it's like i hate civ it's but like they, it, when they hear of a new civ player they're like oh he likes this like it feels like they're like surprised it is odd I mean, it's a massive, like, massively popular part of a genre which is generally very niche. Like, it, you can technically say Civ Six is a grand strategy. Like, Civilization is a grand mm -hmm. strategy game. But when you think of grand strategy, you otherwise think of Hearts of Iron, Hearts Europa Iron, Universalis, yeah. all that kind of thing. It's like, whoa, you know, Crusader Kings, the stuff that's pretty damn difficult to get into. But Civ, I think it has a lot of much older players. Right? Uh, we all played Civ like in the nineties. It's been around like for so long. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have literally no proof to back this up, but just anecdotally, it feels like Civilization has a far more older and mature audience sure. than most games. Mm. And so the people you interact with are ones who are not going to be like, get out of your shit, Lord, and like talk. <laughs> You'd be like, I got a job I got to go to tomorrow morning. I, yeah. love <laughs> but I got shit to do. Like, like yeah. they're not going to be all up your ass because you don't know this thing or that thing. They'll yeah, be like, totally. Here's what I would do. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it was, if I recall correctly, and uh, the, my uh, late uh, grandfather, God rest his soul, where he had very, very, very limited experience with games. I mean, you know, when when he got a PC, he was in his 70s, for God's sake. But there were a couple of things that he tried and sort of got a little bit into. One of them was Caesar, and the other one was Civ. <laughs> uh, and I think there's there's a good reason for that, and I think a lot of uh, the you know older players of Civ probably started with the original Civ back on DOS, because you know, yep. the series has been out over twenty years and the original colonization, and they kept playing it through its iterations through to where they are now, and they're now twenty twenty five years older and they're still playing a Civ game. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe there's a bunch of that that's got to do with it. I think well. I think part of it is like a mental fulfillment you get. It's yeah. almost like when you when you like for me I was like ten or twelve or something when the first one came out. Or Civ 2. I think the first one I played was Civ 2 around my Civ 2, yeah. brother's friend's house who was a bit older than me. And he's playing this game. And I was like, what's this? And he was explaining, oh, we're going to get more food here so we can grow and all this. And I was like, yeah. I could see the pride he had in playing it. Yeah. And then I got it. And then I had that pride. And I think a lot of people that have ever played one of the older Civs, it's almost like a rite of passage. You're like, is, oh, the yeah. next one out. I need to play that. I need to kind of get back to my that feeling of, I don't know, there's something when you play Civ for the first time and you understand how grand it is and how strategic and all these amazing ways uh -huh. of playing it. You, each time you play a new Civ, you kind of recapture that you for a little You get a little, little bit of it. Like, you feel a bit like that 15-year-old that played Civ 2 for the first time and you're like, oh, okay, loads of agree. Yeah, and it's one of the few series that has been around for that long that continues to produce good games. Like, they're, mm. they're, they're not all totally perfect, there are some, especially that you know, Civ Five at launch was a fuck fest. But even with that, you still felt like I felt like I was twenty years younger, you know. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. I captured that again. 
And every time a game comes out in that series that does that, it's like, that's special. There's not many games that can still do that because, you know, like fucking Sonic <laughs> will never fucking capture that feeling again because everything that comes out in the Sonic franchise is fucking awful. So you can't get that feeling anymore. But Civ's been Doom consistently good right? over like 25 years. I think Mario Doom had a little bit of that kind of that feeling. Yeah. Just like you can just let you know let go and just play it. You don't really have to think. Oh, what's what's the best strategy? What's it? It's just There's like let's just shoot a load of, of stuff. I think that's the I think that's the key because usually people associate exhilaration with feeling younger, but this is not the case with Sid. No, it's, it's more not. about just like you suddenly let go and six hours passes in an instant. You're yeah. Just like, yeah. I'm That's letting, so true. You know what? I'm not even gonna worry about shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna be Sumeria, and I'm just gonna have nukes in 1426. Making my own history. <laughs> and, and it's it's super. Fun. You just let go of everything, and it doesn't matter how you play because you're playing for the fun of a game. And I think that Civ nails it every time. They may not all be the best version of Civ, but it's still everyone's a quality game every time it comes out. Like you always have like that hallmark of Civ. I think. Yes, hmm. I, I agree with that. It's it's about crafting your own story, which to me is always going to be the biggest strength of video games. Whenever you're able to do that, and Sims that's always a perfect. About that. That's a perfect segue to my kind of offering for fandom, which would be uh, I, don't, I don't I don't know whether you can really say this game came out this year, but this game released on Steam this year, so I'm going to sure, kind of it in RimWorld. RimWorld, hey, yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely outstanding game, where more than probably any other game. I've ever played you really can tell a story because so much random stuff can happen um and the the fans of rimworlds are generally really welcoming really wonderful people their reddit is incredible there's yes, this new mean thing they do where they do like a four-part cartoon of just ridiculous shit that happened in in their rimworld like they'll be like oh we're being attacked by raiders and this and that and then the camera will like flick around and there'll be like some dude doing something stupid like cutting someone's leg off while they're trying to you know patch a wound <laughs> or some ridiculous shit and there's always like they're all they, we all share these stories of like have you ever had it in Rimwood where your doctor cuts someone's head off when they're trying to splint the leg or you know you i had one where the, all the squirrels on the planet went crazy and they started attacking my base so i locked <laughs> all the doors and they bashed the door into the hospital oh my god hospital and started attacking the hospital beds and one of my guards which was on automatic def defend himself turned around with a machine gun and just started blasting at them and started killing the people in the hospital beds because he was missing <laughs> the, the, the girls and like you can't write that stuff oh no. my god and, you know the, the people you shoot might get saved but then like they lose an eye and then you when you keep them for another year in game and you you know you finally get to replace their eye with a bionic one you're like i remember when your eye got shot out by the guy killing the squirrels like you really remember these these stories the love of depth yeah i mean dwarf fortress uh, it was is has been like that for years but obviously it's a it's a very complicated game to get into ui wise mm -hmm. you know it's it's crazy uh but the one example i have of room well I, I haven't played it and i probably will at some point but i haven't played it was their general response to what I kind of view as a hit piece that was written on a certain gaming website where a journalist basically ascribed a bunch of politics yeah. to the game and claimed that was a bad thing uh, mm -hmm. because there, there were certain parts of the code which kind of dictated some basic behaviors for genders. Mm -hmm. um, that sort of, uh, And they were, these behaviors, according to the developer, were very much, uh, they were just there until he could think of something better. Um, although he had based them on some certain real life stats and everything, uh, there was there were a bunch of falsehoods in the story, and I don't want to dive into it too much or give it too much attention. But the reaction from their 
community, especially on Reddit, was very measured. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a vicious, like, oh god, we feel Which like one? we've been horribly offended. I was like, oh god, the SJW, they're at it again. We must uh, strike back, etc. It was none of that bullshit. It was just like, let's have a calm discussion about this article. What's right? What's wrong? The developer got involved. Um, the developer has certain political views that I don't agree with. You know, he's he's a fairly right wing fellow, as far as I'm aware. You know, and I'm a British lefty, but he had a he had a re- like full on discussion with a couple of people in the thread that clearly like had different political views to him, and it was all completely fucking above Seven. board and constructive, and mm-hmm. it was educational too. Uh, I think that everyone like watching that discussion learned a lot, and instead of being fucking accusatory and claiming certain things about certain people and demonizing people it was very uh, it was very open discourse which mm-hmm. this year has certainly had a, a lack of so i think that they've got to be given credit for that it's very easy to react very uh, as a, with, with an, a knee-jerk defensive reaction when someone writes a hit piece or whatever about a game you like because you you view it as like part of your identity that you're being attacked uh, you know, and uh, uh, any of us that grew up with the fucking 90s moral majority media of demonizing yeah. video games fucking are very sensitive to that because we're sick to death of that shit. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but you got to give them credit for reacting, I think, very well to that. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was that was my one and only interaction with them. So I'm, I'm intrigued to play the game later on. It's fantastic. And they just, for those of you watching, they just put out a massive new content patch where for the first time, instead of just having your own colony that you build and try and get off the planet, you can actually visit and attack other colonies. Mm. So like the patches he puts out are absurd. It's crazy. Um, it's absolutely mental. And and some of the patches are so big that you could argue, why doesn't he just wait three patches and then sell <laughs> it as a DLC? Because they're so big. And he just keeps rolling out is. this content for his game day after, right. like month after month. Rock solid updates, loads of testing. He's got an alpha, like a beta branch on Steam so you can like test the game, like test the next branch before it comes out and submit bugs to him and stuff. Just a, it's such a great project from, from top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous that most of it's done by one guy. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big respect to him and definitely big respect to his uh, fandom, I guess, uh, for the most part. Also, best name, best name ever for a game, RimWorld. Come on. Uh, when you play on Steam, on, on Twitch, everyone's coming out, oh, where's the rim in and all this? Like, uh, you had some balls to call it RimWorld. I imagine there's uh, lots of uh, erotic fans <laughs> yeah. as well. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, right, cool. Uh, is that the fandom category sort of yeah, done? I feel like uh, we hit everything. TB said his favorite erotica was Civ. Um, I'm mm-hmm. fairly sure I did not. Although to be I fair, if it involved <laughs> Sean Bean, I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, is Sean yeah. Bean so your hall pass? <laughs> your one exception, possibly. <laughs> the uncomfortable silence ensues. Uh, let's. Here, here's one. Uh, Sakura, you came up with this one. I like this one a lot. Uh, this is a really cool category, especially considering who we've got here to talk about it. Best streaming game. And this could and this could mean multiple things, like game you've enjoyed streaming the most game that had a specific feature that allowed you to interact more game that had interesting mechanics designed around streaming game that was most watchable uh, there's all sorts of ideas for this mm. so when, when i thought of the category i was kind of specifically thinking like games that have kind of taken twitch on board like there's some games sure. that connect to your twitch chat and then the characters in the game that you experience will be named after people in chat 
there's games that have been out for a couple of years where chat can like type things in and change the kind of enemies you're against or change yes. the environment around you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think as the over the next couple of years, especially since Amazon just released, uh, well, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but they released Streamline. a game recently. Sorry, Streamline was it? Streamline, yeah, I think so. And it's got it's very. It's not an Amazon it's... game. It's not very good. <laughs> they, it's, it's well, your sponsorship kind of... dollars are gone. <laughs> I think there's loads of room for really interesting game mechanics that tie into the Twitch chat. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so yeah, that was the kind of I just wanted to get people's you know nominations or opinions on, totally. on any games they've had that that they that they felt were really good for streaming. Um, um, the one yeah. the one that I wrote down as as like the game that I think I enjoy and my audience consistently enjoys the most is Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. a good one. But if I was going to say a game that has lots of good uh, Twitch integration. I think the Jackbox Party Packs. Yes. Have a ton of Twitch integration now. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three in particular uh, did yeah. quite a bit with that. Like they they realized with the original release that people were gonna use it for as a streaming game and that uh, people were gonna play it remotely instead of in the same room, which it was not intended for. But instead of saying, "Well, God, we don't know how to deal with that," they came up with some ideas. They put direct Twitch integration in so that even if you were not playing the game, you could be part of the audience, which could influence the game in some way. Uh, And initially it was just like an extra vote, basically. I think Quiplash was probably the first one that had some implementation. Yeah, I think the original Quiplash, right? From the Party Pack 2. Yeah, uh, because that that was Quiplash XL, but they released Quiplash after Jackbox 1 um, as a separate game. And then they uh, then they integrated a bigger version, and they did the same with Fibbage and stuff like that. And yeah, you could be part of the audience now with Jackbox Pie Pack Three. The audience uh, in Trivia Murder Party can play together as one entity yeah. to try and outdo the the streamers. And if they actually manage to beat them, they get a little news article at the end which said, "Hey, we got out with this amount of money and so forth." Uh, there's there's one where. It's direct audience interaction uh, that I play with Cry for a little bit, which is basically a game where the game will ask you questions and it's almost, it's like a higher or lower. It's a polling game, basically. It pulls mm. the audience. It's like, how many percentage of these people do you think have done this or seen this? And then the streamers have to vote basically higher or lower on it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's pretty basic, but it's which fairly... What is that? Uh, l- let me see which one it is. Uh, that what's sounds the super name fun. It? Uh, it's like Family Feud, except with the people who are watching <laughs> you right now. <laughs> Kinda. Uh, it's Gespionage uh, mm. is the name of it. Uh, that that works very... You've kind of almost got to play that one with an audience. You could play that without one, but obviously the bigger sample size you get, the better. So Gespionage is that. And... It's interesting because there's an element of meta to it. What you say on stream could very well affect the answer. And right. is your chat trying to fuck with you? you know, are they going to deliberately lie on a specific answer? There's one that's like, how many times have you seen a naked Santa doing the electric boogaloo or whatever? And it's like, well, that's going to be like 1%. And then it ends up being 80% because people are fucking with you. Right. Uh, that's It's interesting. <laughs> they They haven't sort of they haven't really fully nailed it down because a lot of their solution to playing remotely is just, oh, well, we just extend the timers then. Uh, so, which is kind of annoying, especially in trivia, Murder Party can drag on a little bit as a result of that. But 
yeah yeah absolutely right uh you can uh th those games have incorporated streaming but what's interesting to me is that for the most part you don't need a stream because here's the thing you make a game that really needs a stream to be successful that game is not going to be successful it's only yeah. going to sell to streamers, which is a tiny fucking demographic. You're not going to make any money on that. And this is why I understand that, you know, this is why Amazon is making games and uh, implementing features because they have a, they're one of the only people that have a vested interest in that. Like, it's almost like, you know, where Oculus funds VR games because they're otherwise not popular. And people complain about that, but it's like, yeah, but if they were made on their own, they probably wouldn't break even. Mm -hmm. Sort of, you're investing in an area that you have a vested interest in. How would you feel about a game that, to interact with the streamer, the viewer had to buy? So the game might be $20, but then, like, if you want to interact with the streamer, you buy it for $5. There's, a, there's a potential there. I, I don't know how many people would. Uh, it depends on the level mm -hmm. of interaction, I guess. It's an interesting model because what it effectively does is it converts a streamer directly to an influencer who's shilling a game which they're already trying to kind of do with Streamline, and it doesn't seem to be getting anywhere at all. Obviously, there's other games that, that game have... makes me so motion sick, guys. Like it's, I've it's... never played it. Is that the one where we get 30% or something, or a percentage? Or yeah, we, we get a percentage if we sell a copy of the fucking thing. Really? Which... Yeah, we do. Uh, we do. All of a I sudden, mean... you're not so motion sick. Apparently, it makes you motion sick, so no, don't buy that. <laughs> but... yeah. All of a sudden, you ain't sell out yeah I mean, it's not like the you know streamers and youtubers haven't been influencers for a while you know I'm, I'm partnered with chrono and all that shit you know to sell stuff um but it's you know making a game with that specifically in mind is an interesting idea not necessarily one that will work mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think like what's that what's that the game party party hard was it party hard, you... party hard oh, yeah God, i hated that, that was a, that was one of the cool ones that came out that had a lot mm -hmm. of uh uh like people just fucked with you like and that game was hard enough as it was considering you had to restart the entire level if you fucked up once so to me that was just frustrating if we're gonna mm. jump on that train uh cluster truck oh god damn you chat god damn you all to hell is what i say i, I really did not enjoy that game <laughs> i was I having like a 20 minutes and i was like well i'm out <laughs> i'm good forever and then chat came and destroyed my fun what they did <laughs> that's the thing like it really i suppose it really depends on your community like if you have a game where your chat can mess with you from a game design perspective that must be super hard to figure out what they can and can't do whether there are cooldowns can you do the evil thing a certain amount of times in a row you know like that must be a really challenging aspect but i think if someone made a game that really nailed that i think it would be extremely popular like Possibly. just you know, just lyric playing it or summit or whoever, you can have, you know, thousands of people purchasing that game to play with that streamer or, almost instantaneously. A lot of games like when they reach thirty, forty thousand copies, they're like, oh cool, we're actually starting to break even or whatever. You know, give lyric a game where he can play against the people in his chat, maybe his subscribers or whatever, or just his viewers. If they nailed that physics, the the um, integration balance correctly, I think there's an angle for a really interesting game. I think we're going to see some. Someone's going to nail it. I think in the next year. Maybe. It's gonna be it's gonna be a game changer. Yeah, I wonder how like how what the longevity of those games gonna end up being because you know say hey yeah if if uh, lyric does it but you know lyric's a multi game streamer and moves on to games pretty quickly and That's one has problem. to worry like would it would it keep it alive? It's got to be a good game in and of its own right. Let's say if nobody ever streamed it ever, yeah. it would still have to be a solid type. It's kind of like the VR yeah. thing, right? Where the keep talking, nobody explodes. 
It's like, yeah, you could play it in VR, but you don't have to. And if it was just a VR game, that game would have sold like absolute shit. And yeah. so that's kind of... and But then you've also got to make the streamer versus viewer thing make some degree of sense, like, and not just be a throwaway add-on. Like, yeah. I really felt like what um, Party Hard did was a uh, just a... Yeah, they threw it on top. They didn't even think about how hard it made the game, about how it was balanced. They just tossed it in there and just said, cool, you got Twitch integration now. Kind of like uh, they did it with Tomb Raider as well. Do you even know Tomb Raider had Twitch integration? No. No, it does. <laughs> uh, which you know, which the, one? Uh, the latest one. It's very throw... It's, that shit's very throwaway. It's just like, hey, say a thing in chat and you might help or hinder the person. It's got to be a bit more like, than they that. They can just like bear and a barrel spawn. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> It's something like that. As it stands now, though, most Twitch integration is it exists for the sake of chat and their enjoyment of like, we're going to really act this guy and have fun. That's yeah. the vast majority of what Twitch integration is. There needs to be a new version of what, like a new <clears throat> Twitch integration academy. There needs to be something different about what it is than just, we're going to fuck with this guy because they always say, we you can either help or hinder. No one so ever is like, okay. <laughs> Never does that happen. Of course not. Sometimes they do. The girls are taking over. The women. Yeah. Are Give over. it to me. Give me Twitch. So I the women it. have Twitch Move now. All integration. <laughs> yeah, no, like if that's just the nature of Twitch chat, right? <laughs> the evil plan revealed. <laughs> ah. Girls. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm intrigued to to see if it is possible to develop a game that has meaningful and like at least in depth to some degree twitch integration but is also still good in its own right and can play without it uh, without it just being a tack on that's a like challenge I, I wonder if um if games could do intelligent design like how about in warcraft you can make a guild and you sign in with your twitch oauth or whatever and you can tick like subscribers can join and then it passes the twitch api once every 30 minutes to check your subscriber list and other people that have connected their Twitch we'll to their WoW account idea. can auto join your guild. You know, things yeah. like that, or parties where you just go, you click a button and say, "Party me with five of my subscribers or my five of my viewers." Click. That's and it a, just, I love that. That that would be way, way more, more interesting. Yeah, I mean, they did a, a certain degree of that with uh, CS:GO and Dota 2, where if you uh, attach your Steam account and you were watching a stream, you could get drops while watching the stream. Yeah, I think that that's was, a good idea. Yeah, but I think you, you that's that's a pretty cool idea though. Just integration that's less about oh, the game specifically accounts for you playing with your viewers in some gimmicky way. It's like, no, it's just integrated into the social functionality of the game. Uh, yeah. I, some people claim Battlefield has something like that. Does it? Like, if Battlefield had the ability to set up a server and say only my subscribers could join uh, mm. and actually check your Twitch account for that, that would be a very useful feature. Yeah, because passwords always get out and all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that that would be kind of great and hell I'm, it could automatically go live and fucking show some highlights or some shit that is also often the overheads as a streamer are too much like for, for example yeah. like people say to me oh wait well, can, can we play daisy with you it's like okay so let's let's just run through how that would work i would have to get hundreds of people onto my discord or something and then i've got to find a fair way of deciding who gets to play with yeah. me and then I've got to give them the IP. But if they subscribe to be a troll, they can give the IP to their mate who's going to deed. There's so many complications and steps. And it's, oh, my admin will send you the server ID and give me your ID. I'll add you as a friend. Oh, my friend yes. is falling. I have to remove other. There's so many barriers. And if, if games just embrace the Twitch API more, like imagine, imagine that. That's it. Yeah, it's about, it's not about 
the Twitch people being able to mess with the guy playing. It's about the Twitch people being able. The Twitch people. Fuck me, am I old? <laughs> the Twitch people. The Twitch the people boom, it's, about, it's about ah. the viewers. It's about people watching you being able to actually play with you and mm. do things with you in the game. That takes it to that next level where it's like now I'm involved even more with the person I love to watch more than right. just like. I really screwed him with that laser truck, asshole. Yeah. There's something, more than that. There's something way more than that. And that's the next level. That's where you take some to. So you're yeah. right on. I think the more games that can do that, that's how you nail it. Like if you were playing like an MMO and you could just say like, my subscribers can fill the slot in my party and then your tank drops, it can, it passes the API. Who's the tank? You guys pick one of you randomly, pulls you in, bam. Oh, cool. One of my subscribers is a tank now. Boom. Like, that, I think that I sure might hope be they didn't get up to grab some Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you could just do the usual wow stuff, right? Like a little ready check. Are you ready to join? If they're knowing, if they yeah, take no, it rerolls, totally. you know, whatever. You can right. design your way out of those holes. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, so next year we're going to be just talking about, oh, that game that had Twitch integration. I want to cut. There you, you are. Yeah, we want some money. EA. If that shit's called stupor, I, we are burning <laughs> into the ground with lawsuits. We're, yeah. taking, we're taking it to task. Yeah. This is the problem when we have categories that actually evoke discussion. We end up, you know, discussing them. So it'll be like, where are the awards gone? Oh, well. Uh, we'll do one more category before the break. Uh, it, it, this is one of mine. Because I, I like long, awkward categories. Great. <laughs> All right. I want to I wanna hear from you uh, a game that you didn't really agree with your audience on. Like, either a game that you really fucking liked and, generally speaking, your audience was like, I don't understand why you like this, or the other way around. You know, it's something that y the audience is like, yeah, you should play this, and you ended up playing it. It's like, no, what the fuck is this? Oh, my God. That came out this year? Yes. That really nice. I have mine. I can go. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine is Mystic Messenger. Okay. Because, What's all about? Uh, right. You know, my my audience is very weeb. They mm -hmm. they love their visual novels, and this one came out for phones and you know mimicked a messenger system and was and was pretty creative in that way. It was very different, um, but I did not wind up enjoying it as much as a lot of people did. I thought that there was just something really repetitive about it. I hated that I have to. I had to check on it so often. And if I didn't, then I would have to use the little hourglasses. And if I ran out of hourglasses, it would be like, do you want to buy more hourglasses? And I was like, fuck. And then like all of the boys were just the worst. And I was not a fan of Mystic Messenger. So sorry, everybody who was fucking obsessed with it. <laughs> um, I'm going to toss a Battleborn. Battleborn was on my list too. Yeah. The uh -huh. thing is, I don't necessarily blame them because, especially the launch version of Battleborn, was really fucking hard to watch as a viewer. Like, it was hard to play to watch because of how visually busy it is and how messy it was. It's really hard to communicate your enthusiasm for the game when you're just like, "What's going on? Yeah. I don't understand what's going on. This is clearly not clear. This is." an awful viewing experience they're not wrong it is it was i think it's better now but yeah it was a pretty poor viewing experience a lot of it didn't just come down to that though i just have a feeling that because it was a poor viewing experience people definitely viewed it in a much more negative way than they otherwise would have Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. It might be a bad viewing experience, but it was like, I liked a lot of things about the game. People are like, 
what's this Overwatch clone? Blah blah blah. And I was like, oh god. It's not no, like Overwatch I, I, I is much right. more watchable, but it's yeah. way more popular. You're definitely right. I I I played a bit of Battleborn. Um, there's a whole bunch of people that got influencer gigs to do it, but I just picked yeah. it up because I I was in the mood to play that kind of game, mm-hmm. and I thought some of the underlying features were really solid. Yes, and I was great. like, wait a minute, this actually has a decent chance. Mm-hmm. And then I saw how much money 2K were pouring into it. You know, like 2K that evolve, the published evolve. Yeah. So they spent like a million dollars per like packs carting around that hundred foot monster and all that. Oh god. And then yeah. they started doing all the Battleborn stuff, and there was like these tournaments on stage and. They were pouring money into it, and they paid all these writers to have these really intricate backstories. So if you, I actually read a bunch of them; they're actually pretty cool. And they had all sorts of like lore quests where you had to, oh, this character's in the backstory; they're friends with this person, so play ten games yeah. with them, and you get the skin. They they did a whole bunch of stuff that was really good, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really innovative the way you you can respec your character throughout the game to kind of counteract the opponent's builds. I thought that yeah. was really cool. Um, and I, I kind of, as much as I'm not one for cartoony, less serious games, I kind of like the art direction and stuff. Yeah, I, like I thought it was too, a pretty right? solid game. Outside but whenever I streamed it, it just got trashed. And I was just like, I quite enjoy it, it, other than how bad the interface is. It was the it same for us. Time. A bunch of us played it oh. together. Mm-hmm. And and we, we all pretty much enjoyed it, except for JP, that fucker. But <laughs> everyone else... How dare like, he have a differing opinion? Yeah, what an Get asshole. Fucked. <laughs> He's not known for having opinions, but... <laughs> A lot of us like liked it, but it was not possible to really communicate that enjoyment with the audience because it was mm-hmm. it was too visually fucked up. Overwhelming. It was just overwhelming, right? You're healing, yeah. you're damaging. There's just flashes and bars and numbers everywhere. Yeah, game wrong place, wrong time with release. Uh, yeah, you know, they should have been released at a different time. Avoid Overwatch like the plague. And it's like I get it, your game's not Overwatch, but you fail to communicate that to people. Mm-hmm. You yeah. failed to get that message across. I don't even know if that it was possible to get that message across at that time. Yeah. Um, also, uh, another another kind of like bigger title that I would like to say is The Witness. Thought The Witness had a fuckload of hype around it, and I had so many people playing like this game is like changing my life, you know. <laughs> and I went to play it, and I was like, this is a bunch of fucking logic puzzles in an area that makes no sense, and I'm lost, and I don't know how to get back to where I. Fucking give up. <laughs> you don't, like you just, you just, you're not experiencing it on a high enough level. Though. Yeah, you're not, not playing. I know. But did you know that if you like stand far enough away, there are logic puzzles inside of the world. They're not just on the screens. This is some deep ass shit. I, I get it. Fuck. I want to take that to, uh, <laughs> I'd like to also add in, um, I can't remember the name of his damn game, but, uh, YouTuber's life and whatever the hell PewDiePie's game is called. Oh Everyone yeah, in the world was like, you gotta do videos of that shit. You gotta stream that shit. I can't stand that. I can't stand those games. They are garbage games. Well, yeah, I only I mean, like the them PewDiePie because I get to f- decorate my room. Garbage <laughs> games are fucking clicker. Uh, so I can't that, even. That's not entertaining to watch. Like it's one of those things where it's like uh, the one that was. Um, like it was like you're a, tw- a Twitch simulator. Or oh, the esports like pro gamer simulator or whatever. Not. It doesn't. It. You can't be a simulator if the stuff you're simming is not accurate. Like if it's like fuck it, it happened because it it drives me crazy. I can't handle that shit. And everyone loves. You couldn't to make watch. decisions. It was all random shit, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone loves to watch that crap where it's just like, yeah, because you know this is the life you guys live. 
Fuck you. <laughs> this game is like just it's just like you guys. Right? Right? I hear it's really it's it's just like the for real's life. I'm your best friend. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no. Yeah, I I I couldn't agree more with that shit. Yeah, you people were pushing. People love the like oh we want to see you play that. No. No. I don't want to. I hate them so much. Yeah, fuck that. That oh, Yeah, that wasn't entertaining. I try to think if there's something like that there's something that I really didn't like. I think a lot of it was just like I didn't like it quite as much as you did, but it was still pretty cool. But, you know, stuff like Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1. They're not bad games. I just didn't find them super entertaining like other what, people what did. About, what about No Man's? What was your personal opinion when you huh. first played it before everyone realized the lies and all the deception and all the dodgy stuff? Absolute oh, it was shit. shit. It was, it you, was from shit. The, from in the first hour, the first yeah. hour you played it, Total how, shit. Did you, how did the you compare it to The first minutes. The first <laughs> literal minutes of playing it, I was like, this is boring as fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. Within minutes, I was out of the game. And this was wow. when people were hyped about it on, because they didn't have it yet, because they didn't buy it for console. I was waiting for PC. Everyone I knew who had it for console was like, this game will change your fucking life. It's so good. And I got it and was ready to be blown away. And was like, oh God, I'm lasering a rock within seconds of playing this game. And it is boring. If, like, it is if boring. I didn't have uh, sub only chat on there, I imagine there'd be way more people disagreeing with me. Uh, but as a result of maybe having sub only chat, when it when it first went live, I you know I tried to stream it, and it was like this is every now and again I'll stream something that's so broken or shitty I'll just stop streaming it. And so people's like, ah, it's a rage quit. It's like, no, I just I'm not going to stream a broken thing because that's yeah. a bad stream. Uh, the recent one for that was Space Hulk. And people got mad uh, about that. Oh, yeah. And like, it's you're like, getting crushed and stuff, and people were blaming you? Yeah, and it was like, dude, I can't stream a game that is hard crashing to desktop and that is running so incredibly poorly and is taking, like, 10 minutes to find a match and all this stuff. Like, what do you expect? Me to just sit there? That's No, that's a bad stream. Of course, people got mad about that, and then the game came out, and then they realized, oh, actually, I was completely right, because of course I fucking was, when am I not? <laughs> and Space Hulk is is shit, and still has a bunch of problems. Um, but some people go into it like they, they have pre-ordered a game months and months ago or whatever. They're committed to it. They've absorbed all the marketing material. They're like part of the fandom before the game even fucking comes out. They have the collector's edition on one day order or whatever and they then want their favorite streamer to stream it and confirm their expectations and then when they fucking don't do that they get very salty about it mm-hmm. yeah can we back up and and go back to uh the the fandom ones and have another one called fandom i feel the worst for no man's sky it'd be no man's sky i don't mm-hmm. i don't know if i do or i don't like part of them i definitely feel bad because you know some they, of them are just are just are so sad they're just like broken now sad. yeah it's <laughs> like a life like a childhood dream just shattered yeah. but then some of them were basically part of the unofficial pr team for that fucking game that they spent years just talking about how amazing it was and evangelizing to everybody that would fucking listen and they probably mm. resulted in some people you know, pre-ordering that piece of shit you know exactly what this is it's do you remember when the hype train was building for Spore to the point where Robin Williams uh, had a like press conference with Spore making ca- it was amazing. You were like, "This is gonna be the best fucking uh-huh. game that ever existed." <laughs> I think everyone once in their life has to have that game where they get super hyped for it and it breaks their heart. 
and then they can move on. Everyone mm-hmm. needs that. It's like a life lesson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we already we had, had it. We had it with Spore. I wonder if maybe the people that were on board with NMS were not old enough when Spore fucking showed I'm up curious about to really that. remember that. Because we learned yeah. from this. Uh, I hope they learned from this. And you just, come on, don't don't get that on board with something you have never played and no one's actually ever played. Yeah. That's, that's ludicrous. And you're, you're going to get stung for it. If if any like you say, if anything, they caused their own sting, because more people hyped it than more people hyped it, and it just became a tornado of misinformation. Do you see the video where he said so and so, and he didn't say so and so? He didn't answer the question, but because you said so and so, the other guy's now going to go, "Oh yeah, I did," and now he thinks that's fact. So then he conveys that with such reverence to his friends that they believe it. Like, oh my god, you can do that, and then they tell all their work friends, "Is this new game right? Where you can do this?" And all of a sudden, like where originally someone said, "Like, is there multiplayer?" And he went. It's a big world that be that after five layers of Chinese whispers, there's full multiplayer, and like I, it, it's like these people made their own problem. I, I have a degree of sympathy for that, but simultaneously, uh, I mean, maybe it's just like a lack of experience from Sean Murray. But let's be honest, like him being deliberately fucking mysterious vague. about it yeah. and vague, knowing how much attention his game was currently getting was a bad fucking idea. Just say it or say say something that is definitive. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then these this is how this shit happens. It's a like it's yeah. a huge lesson in how not to communicate with your audience. It's how not to market your game. And despite what the fucking advertising standards authority believes in the UK, I think they're fucking wrong. Stuff like mm-hmm. interviews are part of the marketing of video games. Things that you say in interviews, you should be held to a, some account for, mm-hmm. especially when you don't go out of your way to then correct it. But you wait, had every boxes- time in the world to shut it down. Didn't the boxes actually print with a multiplayer certification that they had to cover up with the sticker? Yeah. It's it's not like he could say, well, I didn't really think... It sounds like they even tried to push it to that level, but then some regulatory body got in the way and went, there's no netcode in your game. Are you sure it's multiplayer? Uh, And they're like, oh, can we order 50,000 stickers to cover up that icon, please? Jesus Christ. You know, you fucked up when you peel an icon, a a sticker off the back of your game. It's like, oh, it says multiplayer under the sticker. Yeah, I I think that at least with that, for the most part, I think our audience has quickly got on board with uh, actually, yeah, this game is fucking terrible. Uh, although I think in many cases it was it was almost like a whiplash bandwagon effect. It's like we were on one bag and we're quickly going to jump on the other. You know, mm-hmm. it almost became fun to hate the game, which is not constructive. It's like whatever. Yeah. That's but that's you know, that's the thing when someone's so invested and then it shattered that emotional investment has to go somewhere yeah which is why you don't emotionally invest yourself in a game that isn't fucking out yet stop (laughs) it especially one where you literally know nothing about it we were days out from launch and people still knew nothing about the game stop it on this podcast we were just like i still don't know what this game is and we got shouted out for that oh yeah we really did oh we know tons about it yeah, from Apparently. interviews. <laughs> How well did that turn out for you fuckers? Jesus. God oh, damn it. Daddy's <laughs> <laughs> oh, angry. Daddy's angry. <laughs> every, every now and again, you know, we get something very, very right on this show, and there's an opposition to it, and they end up fucking eating humble pie, but will never admit that they had to. It's like, you eat some fucking crow, show me the damn feathers. Assholes. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come Let's back, a few more categories. <laughs> You're watching the Co-Opties Fake Award Show. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Opties <gasps> Unofficial oh. Fake-Ass Video Game Awards. Uh, 
Welcome back to the Call of Duty. It's so much fun. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Welcome back to the Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Welcome back. I was unprepared for this joke. I'd say I probably was as well, but after five years of your bullshit, I'm not actually that surprised. What are we going to talk about next, TB? Let's talk about the best mind fuck. Oh, boy. Christ. No, this is easy for me. This is easy for me. This is an easy topic. Dicey? It set, no, it set my year. It set my year. January 4th, 2016 was the release of Pony Island. It truly set my year on a collision course with insanity. And it had it not been for me playing that game, I would not have played the bajillion mindfuck games that I played this year. That's all I did. 90% of the games I streamed was like, apparently, we're in an extraterrestrial organization solving intergalactic crimes, but it's all a game. Or is it? Like, that shit, that's where I was this entire year. And it was all because of the devil in a video game. But, like, there was definitely a point, right, where... You would choose games because you knew they were going to be a mindfuck. That's what Tony, I'm saying. It was the because... island you didn't know was going to be a mindfuck. And that's the game that got me into the whole, like, because I was, it had been a while since I played a game where I really, truly at the end was like, holy fuck. Right? Because a lot of the times, especially in story-based games, somewhere in the middle, I'm like, ah, I've read enough books in this game to know where this is headed. <laughs> and, like, I did way too much lore research in the game to figure out where it was going. And this was the first time in a while Pony Island got me where it was like, get fucked. There's not only is it this, but then when you, you get the one ending by going back and playing it again, you get the other ending. It's like, this is the real ending though. And then literally you have to hack the game files. It's a game about hacking where you hack the real game files to get the real ending. I was like, what? and then the real ending is an ending where you're just like, tricked you bitch. Which again, when it's a game about playing against the devil. So when you're playing against the devil, you're like, oh, oh my. Like, it is next level. on. The, it's truly the game that set my course for the year. And it was the, it came out January 4th. It's perfect. It sums up 2016 for me, video game-wise, perfectly. Wow. I've never even heard of that. By you, Sakriel. Play it. Play it. Do you have a mindfuck game? A game where you went into it thinking, this will be a nice normal game for me to play that looks right up my alley, and then at a, at a certain point it took a twist? You know what? This is going to be a tough one for me because I'm so in my genre of like PvP multiplayer games. Like I don't really play any single-player games, really. Yeah. Somebody's got to make a mindfucky PvP multiplayer yeah, so game I'm just trying to, at some I point. Mean, DayZ is a mindfuck, let's face it. Like, it's a minefield of mindfuck, but... I can't. Re- I don't think I've really played it. I'm, t- I'm trying to dwell on it a bit. I, g- I guess I'll, I'll get back to you if I can think of something. Well, I, I will say, if anything, those games, while it might not be the mindfuck I'm thinking of, it definitely gives you that moment of, I just did a lot of horrible things. <laughs> if I was in this situation in real life, would I have done the exact same thing? And here's what I would say. Hell yeah, a lot of people would. Like, people in, those, in, in games like that, in the survival games, people shoot first, ask questions later. That is, if that was real That's life, people would straight up do that. They would yeah. not take any chances of just like, are we friends? It'd be like, I'll shoot you and we'll find out if we're friends afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You'll be my friend if you got the shit I need on your body once you're <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I'll toss Icy in there, which I think is you know fairly, fairly obvious. It. I don't know if that's even so much of a mindfuck because I get, going into it, I did know what was uh, what was going to be happening. That it's like, hey, this is a subversive game. This has got an element of meta narrative to it, but it it did outdo my expectations on that. Like it was not a, like, all right, I'm expecting the Stanley Parable, you know, with a platformer. It it went a bit beyond that, and I think that was really cool, and it tied it very nicely into what was also just a very solid game in another tone, right? So that was cool. Um, I'm in the same place as Jesse where I'm, I'm always down to play games where I'm like, Ooh, this game looks really trippy. Right. But then I also have specific types of games that look like they'll just be a nice fun time and a game that I very recently bought thinking this looks like it'll be a nice, adorable game where you play a little cat girl and it's going to be great is one shot. Mm. And after playing a few hours of that game, I haven't finished it yet, but after playing a few hours of that game, I was like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> completely different from what I thought that it was going to be. It's one of those games that like, I might, I might be ruining this for some people just by telling them that it's a mindfucky game. But uh, it, it just like messes with you in real life in ways that make you like uncomfortable. <laughs> That's cool. Done. It's already been added to my list of things to <laughs> Yeah, also uh, another one that I don't know if you guys saw the trailer yet, but it's a game that I know Dodger and I were looking at earlier this year. Uh, Into the Woods? Is that the name of the game? Something the Woods. Night, Night in the Woods? Woods, right? Yeah, that finally they actually released like more information about that game, and I was like... When does it come out? I want to play that oh, so bad. I think at the beginning of next year it finally comes out. But like, straight up that game looks trippy as balls too, which is just... For cute little cat and dog people... It is weird looking, which I'm very excited for. So keep those games coming. I love indie games. That's how I discovered Oxenfree, an indie game that I like treasure. Games that just get straight up nutso and don't have to worry about big corporate, like you got to sell a bunch of copies of this game. It's games that can take chances. Those are super, super fun and right up my alley. So keep it up, indies. There's a game that I saw a trailer for. It's not it's not out yet, so it's not really a nominee, but it, it was kind of super interesting. It's called Pillow Pillows Castle? P no, Pillow Castles. What's Pillow, it? Pillow Castles? Castles. Yeah. And basically okay. like your it's like a it's like a, a puzzle game, kind of a bit like Portal, but it's all about 3D perspective. So like say there's a, a door, but it's about 10 meters off the floor, and you need to get to that door. Um, and there's no object in the room big enough for you to stand on, but you can walk up to a small object and like get really close to it. So it's really big in your eyesight. And then ah. when, you, when you click on it, it becomes the size of your perspective and then you can drop it. That's and if you, watch the, if you watch the trailer for it, it is insane. There's all sorts of weird geometric tricks where you have to use perspective to make things seem bigger or smaller and then interact with them when they're small. Nice. And then they act like they're small. It's super confusing. If you just go to oh, YouTube and search Hello yeah. Castles, it's trippy as hell and it looks like it'll be i think it's gonna be a really fun game to stream because it's one of those things where it's not as straightforward you know find yeah. the key unlock the door there's gonna be it's gonna be one of those games where you sat there going anyone in chat <laughs> what do i do here approach it from a slightly different way to follow. yeah you should try a game called anti-chamber if you like the idea of that because that that's a game that sort of forces you to throw out your old logic and think about it in a different way in order to uh, really make your way through it uh that was mm. that came out a few years ago that was uh, that did pretty well uh so that's worth a look wow. yeah i think i saw that it's like quite hyper 
it's like a bit um, psychedelic, I guess, like loads of bright colors. Yes, greens and very, blues and very reds. bright colors. And colors like a big deal in that game as well. If you're colorblind, you might struggle a little bit with that chamber, but it's yeah, it's got some very cool moments in it. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Pillar Castles because it it looks absolutely. They do a lot of. Not only is it just this kind of 3D perspective thing, they do a lot of illusion stuff. So you might see, you might. I think at one point you're stood in what looks like a field, and you look around, and it's just fields for as far as you can see. But when you start to walk in any direction, you're actually just on a little field platform, and the the, the skyline in the background is just wooden panels with it painted on, and you drop off that panel, Neat. and you're like, what the hell? Like and it just makes your your perspective just snap, and you're like, oh Jesus, that was just a trick. Like there's yeah. loads of tricks like that. It's really cool. You should uh, check out the trailer. Nice. Okay, well that's that category. Unless anyone else has got anything else to add to it, uh, so we can move on. Is a nice easy one, uh, and Strippen's not here, so he doesn't get to answer Overwatch. Our biggest cash vampire. I want to know. Tell me which game you've thrown the most fucking money at this year. Come on, admit oh, it. This is the confessional. I'm here to hear <laughs> the confessional. Your, your awful hey. confessions. I will go first if it makes you feel better. Is it going to be Clash Royale for you? I think so. Uh, <laughs> only based on the fact that Galaxy of Heroes also was last year as well. So some of the expense has been spread out. Yeah. The, it, the amount that I've spent on Clash Royale is embarrassingly high, uh, and I'm pretty sure it is close to a thousand if it's not already there. And it's God like, damn. oh Jesus Christ! It. It. Th let's put it this way: they've made the business model better, but I'm not sure they could have necessarily made it any worse in the first place. You know, Hearthstone has been out for a couple of years and has definitely spread over the course, but. Yeah, I spent a shitload of money on Clash Royale. I like that game a lot. It's got a lot fairer, and arguably it was relatively fair in the first place because you were matching against people of fairly equivalent level, and now they have a tournament system where everyone's kind of at the same level anyway. But the way that it was set up was pretty ridiculous. It was so reliant on randomness, just like opening a bunch of fucking chests... And there was no other way to acquire certain cards because there was no like crafting system or anything. Mm. You could a lot of these other games like Hearthstone, which again you can be a whale in that as well, are big games where you have another way of getting that specific card that you need for your deck. You can, you can just craft it or whatever. Yeah. But Clash never had a way of doing that, so you could literally be sitting there like, I want this card in my deck and I can't get it. And there's no other way to get it other than keep fucking emptying and opening shit until I do. But yeah, it it's it's pretty pretty ridiculous. I mean, it you know those who played Magic the Gathering are probably like one thousand dollars. That's a joke. That's nothing. But yeah, I dumped a lot into it. I still like it. I think it's a great game. Um, and I get as weird as it sounds. Like how how can it not be pay to win if you've spent like a thousand on it? Because you're not getting matched up against those guys that have much stronger shit than you are. The whole point of the matchmaking system is it matches you up with people who have similar stuff to you. So in reality, when you're buying ahead levels and levels and levels, all you're really doing is putting yourself against better players. So it doesn't really help that much. I I, I almost had a moment of like, I don't know. But then I realized it's very easy. And I will simply say, Overwatch Summer Games. Oh, God. I, yeah. Because you couldn't get it with the in-game uh -huh. currency you had to either play a bunch or buy them and because i was determined to get every single one of those damn skins and then i realized that there were special like in-game emotes and shit i was like 
oh no. <laughs> uh, I, definitely that was it for me. I think I bought 99 and then before it ended, bought another 99 because I Whoa! started- Whoa, shitload. How, how much you and Sam. Yeah. How much so did I end up? Uh, 50, 60 bucks a piece for 99, I think. I don't yeah, I think it's 50 bucks for 99. But, but yeah, I, when it first came out, I was like, I'm going to buy it because I don't know how much I'm going to end up playing. And then I tried to play my way through it to get the, the crates and then realized like, oh, shit, I don't have them all. And then ended up buying another 99. I didn't need it, but 99 just in case I didn't get them all. Spoiler, still didn't get everything. <laughs> so, yeah, that it still bugs me to this day. Uh I had a ton of currency, so when the Halloween stuff came out, I could get every single thing, though. Yeah, so, <laughs> same with Sam. Perfect for me, but at man, least they learned from that, you know. It's, oh, I learned. It doesn't matter so much because it's all cosmetic, but the way that they set that summer games thing up, they rapidly realized that people did not like the way that they'd done that. It. It's like it. you need some other. You've got to have some reliable way of getting things. I, one of the worst things that's still about Galaxy of Heroes, which is still bad in many ways is the certain characters that are so pretty much impossible to get. Like, I wanted General Grievous for my team, because General Grievous is awesome. He's actually, like, D-tier shit bad character, but I wanted him in my droid team. And it's like, the, there's two ways to get him. Either you can randomly pull him from a pack. Packs are fucking expensive. There's, you know, there's no reliable way to earn enough premium currency to buy those packs at all, so you've got to spend a bunch of money, and it's random as fuck. So there's no guarantee you'll ever get him. And even if you do draw him, you might draw only a bit of him. You might draw shards of him instead of... I can't figure out why you're playing I don't know, man. I just can't figure it out. I don't know. The other way of getting is the shard shop, which they eventually put in for like, oh, you have spare shards, as in you've maxed out a character and you drew more shards from like a free pack or whatever. So we give you a shitty conversion rate to buy that. And I went into it like, oh, you can buy five shards for Grievous. Oh, you need 80 to activate them, by the way. For like 1,400 parts of shards, which is like hundreds, hundreds of character shards. It's ridiculous. What? It's a similar situation with fucking um, the... Oh, I can't remember the name of it. The Scimitar. Um, Maul's spaceship. Because they've got a space game in there now as well. And I wanted the scimitar. And like, nah, there's no reliable way to earn it. There's like mm -hmm. no no reliable way. You've got to get it fucking randomly. There's like maybe one or two people in the game that had the fucking tie X1 because of that. There was a little event where you could earn shards for it, but only like the top couple of people actually got it. It's like, fuck this. I'm still playing it every day. <laughs> Once you're in that deep, you just keep swimming. Yeah. I, I, I recently had a bit of a run-in with... Um... The, the crates in Battlefield 1. So I'm a big skin freak. I always have sure, them. I, yeah. I like the aesthetics of everything. So um, I bought like 100 crates or something. Don't tell Shannon. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, please. $200 or something stupid. And I opened them on stream. And oh my God, it was like shitty pistol skin, next crate, shitty pistol skin, same one. Next crate, next same skin, next crate, next skin. I'm like, that's $10. And... Just, what they do now is they've got like re revisions. So you've got like box revision yes. one, box revision yeah. two. So they're releasing new skins and they just released a box revision three, which has got a new skin for the main weapon that I use. Like now uh -huh. I've got like 5,000 kills with it, whatever. So I'm like, right. I want this. Here's, here's the killer. You can only buy the lowest tier boxes, the lowest tier crates. So I bought 
like 20 low tier crates, opened them all, like not even looking at the skins. I was just like, open, sell, or scrap. You can basically scrap, right? Yes. So you can it, eventually it, build up it. enough currency for a specific skin, but yeah. it takes a long ass fucking so time. I bought, it's I worse bought, than like, Overwatch. I bought 20 boxes and I scrapped them all. And that gives me enough in-game currency to open the the legendary box, which only <laughs> has three skins in it. And one of those skins is, is the, the one, one you want. So I open it and I get the shitty pistol legendary skin. I'm like, fine, uh, buy another 20 boxes, scrap it all, yeah. open it. Same shitty pistol, <laughs> buy another 20 boxes, open it. And each each box opening is like 20 seconds because of all the animations. Third yeah, time right. in a row, same pistol, closed it, went and played Daisy. <laughs> I literally spent like $60 to get one skin. I had a 33% chance each time. Yeah. And I got the same pistol like three times in a row. I was like, forget it, forget it. At least in CSGO, you can sell them. It's, it's rough, <laughs> yeah. but... It, the the worst thing about Battlefield was it's got a couple of like really nice weapon skins and then the vast majority of them are useless shit. It's yeah, even worse than Overwatch because like the default skins. I'm not gonna use the majority of these weapons, not to mention the majority of these skins for these weapons. There's yeah. one skin I've got which I think is a legendary skin for the Automatico, and I use that because it's a gun I use. And everything else, I'm like, no. Is that like the ivory and gold one? Yes. It's like, like that's, yeah. that's nice. And they put that's some, nice. they put like a decent amount of effort into that, but holy <laughs> fuck, like the vast majority of skins for that game are awful. Like they're yeah. just not good. So I can't imagine many people buy those boxes. And I think you're silly if you do buy too many of those boxes or any of them really. We're silly. We get that. We're silly. We are silly. We admit it, chat. Yeah. First step to like, to fixing it is acceptance. Admit your problem. Admit your problem. We aren't going to fix shit. What are you talking about? Dodger. What are you about? Yeah. Dodger. It's not, you're not allowed to use Strippin's example. You can't use Overwatch unless you've been pulling the oh, same shit, no. which you might have. Um, it took me a while. I was like, man, I don't really tend to spend a lot of money on any games. Um, but when I was super into Pokemon Go, I bought a decent amount of shit. I don't know how much money I spent, but I, I bought like lots of Pokeballs. Lots of stuff. Shannon was the same. And yeah. the thing is, Shannon, did, Shannon was like buying all this stuff. And she was like, oh, I need these Pokeballs to catch this thing. And I need this lore and I need this. Scissors. And I was like, how many of them have you got? She's like, 10. I'm like, how much are they each? And I started to count it. I was like, you know, you spent like $200 this week on it. And she's like, what? <laughs> when you buy it bit by bit, you're like, oh, 10 more Pokeballs and a couple more laws. Oh, I need 10 more Pokeballs. Like the little transactions. You really yeah. don't quite, because you, you you get them and then you get to use them and you're gratified immediately and then you don't get what you want, so you get more. Uh -huh. it, kind of, it kind of like misdirects you away from the fact that you just spent money. So when oh, I actually yeah. showed Shannon like the bill, like I was like, look at look on the, I'll, I'll show you the online statement or something. She's like, what am I doing? She actually what? had like an epiphany, like what have I done? Yeah, was, I mean, there's a reason they call them microtransactions. You know, they try and dribble money out of you over time so you don't realize how much you've spent. Although these days, a lot of them have just got to the point where this is not micro at all. You're selling me currency in fucking $30, $40 blocks or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just happy that um, uh, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes hasn't done me in too badly because I'm really into that game, but I've actually... I think I only spent about 60 on it. And that's like a mobile game. You spent 60. Yeah, but the amount of time and enjoyment I've got out of that is more than I would have a regular PC game. I'm totally happy with that. And I got pretty much most of the cards I want. And then I can kind of earn the rest. Although they're pulling some stuff right now where it's like, oh, this specific card is only going to be available during an event. And there's this way to acquire. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Thankfully, none of those cards have been super good yet. The fucking, uh, there was a zombie turkey rider for Thanksgiving. That's like, this is not a very good competitive card but there, there's definitely danger there right now it's for a ccg anyway it's pretty fair and they do have the crafting system and shit 
and other ways to earn premium currency, but there's a definite risk that it will go into not so pretty territory. It's weird, like, the games nowadays almost don't care too much about their opening day revenue because they can just wedge in this, like... Because what they often do is to say, hey, want this new skin? You can totally get it for free. All you have to do is do 100 games this week <laughs> and get 99% to be in the top 1%. And then of those top 1% people, we will check. All of a sudden, there's all these hoops you have to go through. Or mm. buy these tokens for $50 and you're like, oh, tokens. And like, because yeah. a lot of people are so busy nowadays, you don't have, you can't just sit there and do your 100 games that week and do your dailies and all this crap. Time is money, friend. For, for a lot yeah. of people, you know, they're appealing to what are now an older audience that usually, you know, have jobs and families, etc. So yeah, the money is less valuable than the time mm -hmm. for for us in particular. It absolutely is. Oh yeah. And absolutely. a lot of these games are running off like, especially the mobile ones. They're not the vast majority of players are costing them money, not making them money. And it's mm. the small majority of whales that are keeping the game running for everybody else. It's like small number of whales subsidize the game for everybody else, uh, which is a more common system than you might think in life. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know how sustainable that is. And I think we're definitely finding that out that, that that's going to eventually not work anymore. People are going to get a bit tired of it. But when you have a small community in particular, it's like, yeah, better monetize the people who are still here. Get as much money out yeah. of them as, as possible. Get money out of the hardcore fans. Mm. stings but it is what it is yeah a lot of people don't really factor in what it really costs to to run a game like there's a game oh, sure. what was it there's a game that shut down recently what was it it was like a 5v5 vampires versus humans hunter game oh shit um oh yeah nosgoth nosgoth yeah. that was a That's good game I too to shut down but that if you're spending 10 grand a month on on servers and you get zero sales a month and it's just mm. like okay we're just spending 100 grand a year now god like, that was sad yeah. Uh, you have to draw a line somewhere. It was actually a pretty good game. It was a good game, actually. It really was. I had was. a lot of fun watching people play that. Yeah. I never actually played it myself. But One of one of the better, if not one of the best, uh, games that have tried to clone the versus mode in Left 4 Dead. Probably, arguably better in many ways. Uh, it, w it was it was actually really good. That was a, that was a stinger. That one shut down. Mm. All right, yep. uh, let's move on. We've got time for a couple more categories since we started a bit late. Uh... Let's go with something perhaps a little bit more positive here. Uh, best game we didn't see coming. So this is one that crept up on us, and hmm. we ended up really enjoying more than we expected that we would. Hmm. I'll I'll throw it right out there. The one nomination, sure. Doom, definitely. Uh, went in, uh, because and people remember exactly how I was. I, I went in a few hours before it officially came out, and I went on stream with it. And I started off ready to hate it. Uh, I'd played the multiplayer beta. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. Not a fan of it. And I went into the single player thing. We've seen basically nothing of this. And we don't know what it's like. There's been a lot of complaining before it came out. People didn't like the aesthetic. They said everything was covered in piss. Like everything's too yellow. It's This is going to end up being a, you know, a Halo-like shit or whatever. And it was fucking joyous from the very beginning. Like, within the first few seconds, I was having fun. And it kept me there. And it was, that was one of those really cool moments that I rarely get on stream where, like, I went in not knowing anything, not really expecting much, and then just got fucking whisked away. And I think the passion for it, the enthusiasm for it was really obvious. It came through 
on the stream and people really were hyped about that as well and that that's pretty rare you know so doom yeah throw that in there um a game that i didn't see coming that wound up being a complete delight was abzu yeah oh yeah um, yeah i thought that that game was going to be just like swim around and meet all the fish like a nice <laughs> chill game and it wound up having like it was basically journey underwater it had a yeah. it had a great story and um i wound up really loving it like got a little weepy at the end like i really really liked it yeah it's hmm. a nice one jesse i i'm trying to think if there was a game that i didn't like know what to expect i might want to say super hot it was a game that i wasn't uh -huh. sure what to expect going in but it like came at me and i was like oh shit this game is super interesting, but man, I wish I could have gone into super hot, not knowing because you know, there was so much like early alpha footage and sort of hype behind that game before it came out that I felt like I knew what I was getting into and it was good. It wasn't on my radar when I played I'm, I'm, it. Like, I'm glad it wasn't. I think you probably had a lot more fun with it as a result. Yeah, I don't, man. Yeah. Cause because this was also the year of me being like, Oh, a weird game I'm in. There was a lot of times where I didn't, I knew what I was going into was going to be yeah. strange. So I expected it to be weird rather than, oh, this is a normal game. Oh my God, it's so special and different. I went looking for those this year. So it's hard for me to be like what I didn't see coming, but I think Super Hot might be the answer to that. Sure, that's fair. Um, I'd also throw Watch Dogs 2 into that arena because I had no enthusiasm for that at all. And I'm not surprised. Didn't, didn't the first one just train wreck? Pretty much. Like, it wasn't a terrible game, but. That was a. It was guilty of two things: one, misrepresentation on the E3 stage, and two, like a, a metric ton of hype. So mm -hmm. that ended up being surprising in terms of. Uh, it was just better than I expected. Like, and I'm not big in open world games, but I just I had I've had more fun with it so far than I thought I would. Yeah. And I wasn't on the radar for being like that. Was um, maybe this was last year, but maybe it was close enough not to. Um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions on Wii U. Wow. That may have been towards the end of last year. Let me put it this way. Like, it's a fucking JRPG based around pop idols in Japan. Did I, I think it think... counts for this year. It's December 26, 2015. That's close enough. That's after all the Game of the Year awards. Yeah, that can... yeah. That's close enough. That's basically the next financial year. I, I mean, come on. I did not... That's not me in any way. But that game's basically Persona, and it's got, you know, the kind of character development and the way the characters interact with each other is very much like that. The way that it uses the gamepad is pretty innovative. The battle system is really flashy. It looks awesome. It's got some really good uh, synergy and uh, some fairly in-depth mechanics. Uh, so that was a surprise. That, that caught me off guard, especially considering that was basically called, I mean, they used to be called Persona Cross Fire Emblem. And then they named it Tokyo Mirage Sessions and said it's set in around fucking Japanese idol culture. I'm like, you fucking what? But no, I I actually did dig that quite a bit. What about that Planet Coaster? Like, it's not my cup of tea, oh, but I never... So did, fun. did you guys see that coming? Or was that like, oh, we're waiting for that to come out? It was mostly because Dan Nerdcube wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. that we yeah, Dan did came on it. and talked about it for like an hour. And I was like, yeah. I guess I got to play this game. Okay. Um, so for me, like, nothing really surprised. Like, like, again, I kind of have a very particular set of games that I try and play. 
and they're almost exclusively multiplayer, so they're hard to surprise me. Um, one game that is not out, but it's it's going to be out Q1 2017, and I played the first time this year was For Honor. Ah, yes. I thought, oh, it's just going to be a bit like Chivalry. I was I was playing like 20 hours a day every day during the alpha. I'd like mm. play for 20 hours, sleep for four hours, play for 20 hours. Like couldn't stop playing. And then uh, they flew me out to Paris a few weeks ago and we played the newest build. And then there's just a beta that just finished now, which is under NDA, so we can't talk about. But like, I can't get enough. Like I, there's something just so perfectly balanced about it, like graphically beautiful. Like um, I enjoy what I played of it. The art direction's beautiful. The gameplay's really tight. Like it's one of those kind of fairly easy to ma- to to learn, but very hard to master. Like I've already sunk like 50 hours into one of the characters, and I still don't feel like I fully know all the nuances. So for honor, for me, definitely, especially as a first-person shooter guy, right? I'm all about you know military strategy that you know from a from a firearm perspective um, or conventional warfare perspective. So to to play that, I was always a big fan of chivalry, but it didn't quite it didn't quite get the balance right. Whereas this, just something, just something so perfectly balanced across the board. I really thought Frona uh, just nailed it. It's very different to Chivalry as well. Um, <laughs> I think, like, you're right, it does have a higher skill ceiling than initially appears. There's a lot <laughs> to learn from it, and it does appear like it's kind of, um, that it, it's almost like a fighting game in many ways, in that there's a lot at the high level for how yep. the uh, attack system works. And there's a lot of interesting little niggles about it that I like that are going to I hopefully encourage people to play it at a really cool high level and actually like be a good amount of skill that you can discover within that and complexity within complexity. Absolutely. And with the new characters, like the, the, the alpha that we're allowed to talk about had introduced the first two characters of each class and yeah. they're the easy and medium rated characters. And there are two more classes, there are two more characters for each class, so six more. And they're oh. the like hard and very hard. Can I finally play as Fat Samurai? That's all I need to know. There you go. Fat, that fat Asian dude with the club is all Shugoki. I need in my life. Okay, Shugoki is one of his, you know, they got like the elimination animations where you like cut the head off and stuff. One of his animations, he literally grabs their head and then belly butts them and breaks their neck. Oh, no. oh what? <laughs> yeah, he's just so straight up gangster. Greatest warrior there ever was. <laughs> Perfect. It's actually really fun to play. But yeah, like Ferrano was totally out there for me. Like I thought, oh, I'll give it a blast. I like chivalry. And within like an hour, I was just like, I cannot stop. And I went full weeb, like like 10th <laughs> tier weeb. I had Naruto battle music on loop, YouTube playlist. No, I had uh, no. Naruto. Like, <laughs> I made it in a little emblem animator. I made like the uh, Uchiha clan tag on my back. So yes, was, oh my God. Oh my God, it was so nerdy. Oh my God, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, love it. Anyone else got something that they you know didn't see that they're coming that they really kind of dug? Because I mean, I'd probably if I had played it yet, which I still haven't got around to. I have a feeling I will like it. Let it die is probably going to be on that list, Uh, but I just haven't had a chance to really dig into it yet. I know Strips liked it a lot. One other game that I played that that really surprised me was um, there's a new MOBA uh, called uh, MXM. Oh, MXM. We've all played that, yeah. Super Full disclosure: cool. like, We're all friends with one of the staff members, Maggie. So we're Maggie, a bit biased yeah, exactly. on that. But I thought, I thought, I, I went into it thinking, okay, another MOBA, fair enough. Like everyone wants to get big in this industry, but no one really innovates too much. And then like playing two characters that you can alternate at any time with different cooldowns and all the mechanics and 
the way you upgrade the weapons and it's, I thought it was super interesting. Like I, I, I really, I, I finished my, I did an influencer thing for, for Maggie and then I finished it, stopped my stream and then just played it for like another eight hours straight. I was just like, okay. Let me yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was great. Yeah, it has that weird PVE mode and dungeons and stuff in it. Like it's very, yeah. very Asian, uh, but it had some it's decent like innovation. Marvel in game, it. right? The way you yeah. can do bit of PVE, bit of PVP. Or yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't too shabby. I thought, I, I thought it was though. refreshing for MOBA. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Uh, anyone else got anything for that? Are we good? Uh, shall we move on to biggest disappointment? Holy shit. <laughs> we'll, we'll do this and please stop. And then we'll... Oh, we already uh, did uh, No Man's Sky. And then we'll wrap... Well, I mean, it may turn up again. But uh, yeah, we'll do two more categories and then we'll wrap up today's show since we started a little bit late. Biggest disappointment. I, I feel like we have already talked a lot about No Man's Sky. To me, I, that wasn't even the biggest disappointment because I wasn't expecting. Not for me it to be either. Good. I didn't think that that game was going to be good anyway. Really. No, and this is not <laughs> us being ha ha. We told you so. No, we we said this like two years ago on this very show, and you yelled at us for it. So no, we yeah you know, we we weren't expecting much out of it in the first place because it was going to be a whole oh I'm going to run around mining shit game which is never well, yeah enjoyable. for me it was it was just looking at what the game wanted to be it didn't seem like the sort of game that I would get into even if it turned out fantastic it yeah. didn't seem like the sort of game I was going to enjoy so own. I was never really excited for it yeah but there are other games that were certainly letdowns Titanfall two. You think? Like I heard a lot of industry yeah. buzz from people like in the know that were like, oh, they they learned their lesson from Titanfall one, and, and they're going to make the multiplayer a lot more dynamic and a lot more interesting, and there'll be different progression that doesn't burn out after eight hours and da 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 da. da. And I played it for like twenty hours, and I kind of felt burnt out, and I owned mm. up all the characters all huh. the kind of combat got a bit stale. So yeah, Titanfall two felt like it could have. I don't know. The impression I personally got from all the people in the, in the know, as it were, was like it's going to be totally revolutionary, and they've really figured it out. But yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a flop. Uh, I mean, I, I agree on some level to that, uh, simply because, and it was probably down to just how people were speaking about it that they were acting like Titanfall One didn't happen. But no, it did, and it was quite similar to this. Titanfall Two's multiplayer is better, but its map design is a lot worse. And I, the map design, to me, is what drove a lot of the problems with uh, Titanfall 2's multiplayer compared to Titanfall 1. And you see, as soon as they brought fucking Angel City back in as a player for Titanfall 2, suddenly the game's a lot better because the map design there was a fuckload better. And as a result, it doesn't become a giant Titan fuck. You don't end up just getting completely murdered in the middle. You've got a bit more leeway as to where you go. The progression is better, but that's only because the progression in the first one was lackluster, I think. You know, it didn't take long to really get anywhere. Uh, but I don't necessarily view that as a bad thing. But yeah, I stopped playing it as well. And also, I don't believe the campaign was anywhere near as good as people fucking claimed. So, it's a good game. It's solid enough, but it is a very iterative sequel. Yeah. The first one did exist. You don't get to fucking ignore that. You don't get to say, oh, what an amazing, innovative game. No! The first one existed! It only came out like one or two years ago. Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, I throw in Shadow Warrior 2. That was a big one for me. The first one, great. What I played at shows, which was a fairly limited look at it, felt pretty good, but I saw the potential for problems with it because of the whole, we're going to focus a lot on loot. We're going to focus a lot on these more 
open areas, these more open levels with side quests and stuff. And that wasn't what I wanted out of the original Shadow Fall, and that's not what uh, Shadow Warrior, that's not what the original Shadow Warrior was either. It was just a, you know, straight up kind of linear shooter, and it was pretty good at it. Bit spongy, but pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. But this one, the loot sucked. Really did. There was too much downtime, too much backtracking, too much fucking around. And as opposed to being a more focused, well-designed, handcrafted game, it felt like 10% of it was handcrafted and the rest of it was just thrown together random bullshit. Just big arena areas full of monsters that just wandered around or just hung around until you showed up and then they fought you. And it ended up being a real letdown for me. It wasn't the direction I wanted it to go. I wonder if they tried to capture that Doom style when they saw... I don't, what came out first? Doom or, or Shadow Warrior? Doom did. Um, Shadow Warrior 2 was in a, a in development for quite some time, though. I'd played it before Doom even came out. Uh, I think that it was more they wanted to go down the looter shooter route, and they thought that that was the game du jour right now. And they're kind of right, and mm -hmm. it sold pretty well as a result. People did want that. There aren't that many good games in that genre. But to me, I don't like the loot shooter genre. I think it's a shit genre for the most part. And I think it really ruined what otherwise could have been a fucking awesome game. That was a letdown. Uh, and I'll also throw Space Hulk in there. Very recent. Oh, God, yeah. We're How looking forward to that. that. That license. How can you fuck up a Warhammer license? Especially Space Hulk. <laughs> you can. Fre uh, quite frequently, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, it, it was... I was suspicious about it for a couple of reasons. One, we'd only seen very edited trailers that basically had no gameplay in it. Mm -hmm. And secondly, they had repeatedly not given us any sort of review or preview access. Like, they weren't keen to show the game off to anybody. That's mm -hmm. always a red flag. Like, when I went to a show, they they wouldn't have the game there. Like, the publisher wouldn't have it. It's like, wait, that's one of your bigger upcoming titles. You don't have it at PAX? Oh, you don't have an E3? It's like, no. Uh, we don't have a, a press alpha or press preview build? No. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, then when we played the beta, it was a fucking mess. And it still is now. I'm going to be 100% clear about that. The biggest problem with it is it runs like shit. I my brand new lovely PC that runs everything really, really well. Regardless of what I do at the fucking options, in fights, it drops to like 25 FPS. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it's I do. Really it's not really got that much going on. Like you're in a fairly no. confined. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you know Far Cry where you can see a million miles and. Yeah. You know. There's some nice environments in it. Um, you know, it's a very 40k stuff. They use the Unreal 4 engine to a good effect, uh, and there's some good lighting in it. But no, I mean, the, the, there aren't that many things. There's not even that many gene stealers on the screen at any given time. It runs mm. like fucking ass. As soon as a fight starts, that's it. Your your mm. frame rate tanks. I was trying to identify. Oh God, why does it? Why does it feel so bad in combat? And then I realized, oh, it's because it's a 23 frames per second. Like, I have the resolution. I put it down like fucking six, uh, not 1600p, like uh, it was like 1680 by 1050 on high. It was still doing the same thing. It didn't matter what settings I did. I cut it down to 50% rendering resolution. Same shit. Yeah. Runs like shit. Sounds like a core optimization problem. Like it sounds it's... like a major, major problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was huge, huge disappointment. I mean, not to mention the fact it's just not that enjoyable a game. The single player is tacked on. The multiplayer is... It's just a fairly boring horde. Yeah. It's it's supposed yeah. to be a co-op sort of horde, left for deadest kind of game. But... Really let, they really they dropped the ball there. Imagine playing Space Hulk like 4v4 where you spawn as submarines, Terminators, whatever, on one side of the ship. You have to get to the other side. There's a whole bunch of AI, but then 
the other team can spawn in as specialized. Yeah, you can just pull left for dead two versus mode on it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and just, originally, you know, Space Holt was a versus game anyway, the original tabletop. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that was let down. Uh, who who else has got anything on letdowns? I I got one. All right, yeah. I got one for you. <clears throat> Mighty number nine. It's mm, mm. a big one. I don't even need to say anything about it. Everyone knows it was a letdown for every single reason that exists under the sun. That game was a letdown, and it shouldn't have been. They literally just had to make Mega Man. <laughs> and they fucked that up. All we wanted was Mega Man again. That's all we fucking wanted, and they screwed it up. How's that possible? Ugh. So frustrating. Did you back that one? No, I – oh, shit. I haven't backed Me neither. any games on Kickstarter in years. Like I have neither. Not video games. I'll back board games, but not video games. Yeah. And that's I look I if the game comes out and it's good right. I will back you with my money then uh -huh. in fact I'll buy collectors I'll buy all the fun shit you got going with it I just if it's good but I'm not I'm not gonna I'm, I think I'm done with like like maybe that's I'll buy pre-orders but maybe I won't buy games that are just an idea in someone's head is what I is what I won't do Actually, that was wrong I did back one thing I backed BattleTech because I wanted the jacket and I got the jacket and the jacket's good and my yeah, cat's sleeping on it right now but see you didn't back it for the reasons no of I didn't I backed it for the <laughs> fucking jacket cool yeah, yeah, yeah. and I got it they got my jacket it was great so fulfilled <laughs> if the game's a piece of shit it doesn't matter because I bought a jacket with a free game right that was good Seems uh, mine would be Pokemon Go really I think, That's I think Niantic shame, like really squandered a lot of potential with that game uh -huh. um they just put out their holiday update and it was it was like okay <laughs> but um i think just the way that the companies like we were talking about before with no man's sky the companies that just refuse to be straight up with people about what's going on it gets so frustrating that people just leave and i know people that still play it but like i got so frustrated with the way that they were handling that game that do you think it was better when it first came out and they just like had to, they were trying to respond to everyone's feedback and they ended up like sh shitting on the game no because or... when it when it came out the servers didn't even work man but so like technical issues i mean game design stuff like then they change a bunch of rules like how far you could you have to be moving a certain distance and the way yeah um like in order to hatch eggs you have to walk you can't hatch eggs on a bike anymore you know, just like yeah. little things like that that just make the game more tedious. They made it so that, you know, all people were, yes, Jesse? No, I'm sorry. I, I'll wait for you to finish. I was going to say people, people were like coming up with um, UI changes that they could make and, and creating mods to help the experience of the game. And they started changing stuff about the base game that made all of the mods just not work anymore. And oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they were very aggressive about knocking out third-party applications and things like that. That were was they exploiting uh, that to use GPS cheats and stuff. Yeah, just the, some were, but there were also some very useful things. Like, and they basically just went for a whole uh, slash and burn. We're just going to eliminate everything just... thing. Okay. It bums me out because I know that I know that Jesse's going to be like. Coxtradamus, I said uh, that people no, weren't no, going to be playing. No, no, no. Like, no, if they I... had just fucking supported it the way that they said they were going to and treated us like we weren't idiots, might still be playing it. That's Coxtradamus all. does not need to brag unless it's on Twitter, guys. Don't. <laughs> no, uh, I, I had a Do realization. A I was like, did I, did I actually sponsor things this year on Kickstarter? 
I went and looked. Secret Hitler. Four things this year. Four things. Secret Hitler. Mm-hmm. A pen from Game Tees that I really, really wanted. <laughs> this bad boy right here. This is fine, guys. Oh, my <laughs> God. Amazing. This is fine. So this and is fine, Doug. Since two, 2013 was the last time I did anything on Kickstarter video game-wise, but they got me. I dropped uh, a few euros or pounds or whatever i put on for monster prom monster prom i knew it yeah me i too. put money down for monster prom i was like you know what fuck it they got me since 2013 the first thing i put money on monster prom you know why because i look i want them to to make an art print of all of us having played the game as our characters <gasps> i know and they're like we'll talk about it i was like take my money <laughs> <laughs> that's all you have to do to get my money it's just Make a, a, a picture of me hitting on sexy ghost girls, and you got yourself fucking yeah. cash. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was getting disappointments to throw in before we move to our final category for the day. I'm excited for this final category, so I'm. I kind of just. What is it? Please stop. Which one is it? Please stop. So this can cover either franchises that you feel have run their course and need to take a fairly drastic change in direction, or it can cover industry practices that are getting on your nerves, things that are mm. like, oh, God, this, I'm sick of this. This has been an awful trend in 2016. We need to change this. Pretty open category. Yes, Dodger. I, I have mine. What you got? Please stop making Five Nights at Freddy's games. <laughs> Dude, that's the realest shit that ever please, was. Please stop. <laughs> Why? Why, though? So many people seem to like them. No, they don't. No. All right. I want to put, I want to direct everyone. I want to direct everyone to the Scary Game Squad episode where we played through Five Nights at Freddy's and literally tore the game apart. We had an epiphany. The game subsists off of the backs of maybe three or four really big YouTubers. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone buys this fucking game anymore. I think they watch people play it. Just, like, it blows my mind that this people here's here's what it is. People see a MatPat game theory video, mm-hmm. Markiplier just beat it video, and then what happens is it trickles down to other people seeing that those two like all these big guys are playing it and getting tons of views because people want to watch them do it. So the only people who buy it anymore are people who think I'm going to stream it and then get a bunch of views because of it. Yeah, uh, it, it has sold like, as well as perhaps people think. I cannot find just the normal everyday person anymore. Is like I love it. I buy every single one. Yeah, me neither. because it is a shit game, a shit game. Yeah, I mean it's been dropping pretty heavily in sales per episode. Uh, you might think that for a game that's so saturated on YouTube and Twitch that. It would have sold way more than that. I mean, the original sold 850,000 copies, which is a lot for an indie game. But Holy. it's dropped down every time. Like, number two, 473,000. Number three, 332. 286 for four. Sister Location, which is the latest one, 189. That's still a good amount of money for that one guy. No doubt about it. But yeah. you'd ex- you'd think, with the amount of presence, that this is selling millions upon millions upon millions, and it's a huge deal. I mean, it has fucking toys in Hot Topic and shit like that. No, actually, it's not something anywhere near as much as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right, I've got one. Telltale, <laughs> please stop. I it never you have will. made it never will. the same game for five years now. And, okay, it's a formula that's almost infinitely replaceable. 
And you can keep doing it. Like, and you'll probably still do pretty well with it. Fine. But there is real room there for changing up the experience and actually, one, getting a new engine that doesn't look like absolute shit. And two, just adding some more interesting game mechanics to it rather than just taking the same... So not so much like visual novel formula, but like choose your own adventure formula and just throwing a different theme on it. They're okay, but you could do a lot more with them. If you spend spend a little bit more time, like it's almost like they're making too they're making too many franchises at once, so they can't really spend mm. a huge amount of time on any of them. And yeah, they're still making money. Fine, you know that it is making yeah. money is not a justification for stop doing this. Like that's I do. That's I not the ultimate say, counter I do argument. still enjoy all of those games. Yeah, sure. But I'm totally down for them to to change it up. Yeah. What, do you have I mean, any suggestions for what they might change? I mean, one, get get a better engine because your games don't look really like hot shit anymore. It's hard to they, do. They never a ver- did, really, did they? No, the they never did. Uh, but they've got worse. Like it, it's hard, in my opinion, to do like a very narratively focused game when you have real poor quality animations. Like we're really character focused and all that shit. It's like yeah, but your character moves like a fucking set of cardboard boxes strapped together with elastic bands. <laughs> That isn't really immersing me in the narrative there, mate. Especially not when you're speaking what you are. The lip sync's not very good. They could do a lot more with just instead of having QTE-based combat, they could maybe add a system in there. They could do a little bit more with the dialogue. And it seems more like the they have never really made, at least past the first episode, a big choice that has truly made it a huge difference to the narrative mm-hmm. like i know it's hard to do that if you divergent if you're too divergent you're making a lot of content for like players that not every player gets to see it but frankly mm-hmm. that's a good thing and i always see episode one think wow that ending was really great it changed nothing you know later on and it got to the point where i stopped even playing past episode one because i knew that would fucking happen they're making small changes iterations here and there but this is from the same company that did sam and max which was like a full-on point and click and they did, like, Secret of Monkey Island. They're capable of doing a bit more than that. Maybe they just need a little bit more point and click in there again. Yeah. I suppose the worry would be, if it's still selling, like, hot shit, do you really want to change the product? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's fine. But that doesn't mean I can't be sick of it. Mm. And they probably will still keep doing that. Because if they do keep selling like, hot shit... Although, I don't know if they are. Batman the Telltale series is not being selling all that well relative to that. Came out in August. And it's shifted less than 100,000 on PC. It's good really? too. Like I think people may be getting a little tired of it. You know, you I think maybe watch they're, out. They're, they're spreading it a bit thin because they probably yeah. have like a, a kind of a set team, and when they take on a new franchise, mm-hmm. they kind of just kind of fit that into the team. Like you guys do the Batman animations, and then once you're done, yeah, do the, they're probably pushing the, it too the much. Thrones, and then so really, there's no real character. Like you say, some like the animations are getting a bit weaker, and the narratives are getting a bit weaker. It may just be that. It makes business sense to just be like, can we just force out Probably. another another license? Yeah, yeah, let's go. As opposed to right, let's get five new writers, five new animators, five new artists, yeah, five new sound guys. So that mm. might be where they're slipping up. Maybe they're not putting that original heart and soul that they used to in the first titles when it was an entire team working on one narrative. Everyone knew all the twists, and now they're just kind of cranking out like, okay, write a quick script for Game of Thrones. Okay, have you got an animation from another game where someone's fighting? Yeah, use this one. And they're yes. you know, cutting corners here and there to crank them out. Mm-hmm. 
And another thing, while we're on the please stop thing, uh, trends-wise, which is kind of related, episodic games. Can we just stop with that? There have that? been a lot of those. Yeah, but like Hitman. There's like a big, some have turned out game. well, but we also saw shit like Blues and Bullets, which started off pretty promising and ended up only getting to episode two before the company shut down. So it's a business model that is reliant on people continually buying each episode. Otherwise, you will never finish the game properly. Mm. Which I think also, is a consumer in my eyes. It's an option for companies that have a big idea but don't have a lot of money to create Project. the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so I I kind of like it from that perspective, like the idea of of a small team without a whole lot of money being able to say, "Okay, well we'll make the first episode and just see how it does" mm -hmm. instead of pouring like every cent we have into Come a game back. that's not going to be what we want it to be, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I think episodic games in general have given people some like breathing room, but it's also given people excuses. So yeah, I understand. I mean, it's a similar issue from. like early access. Like you can do early access well, and then sometimes you can do early access fucking terribly, and it's going to run both gamuts. Um, so yeah, it can be helpful for small teams, but sometimes it's not. You know, again, Blues and Bullets team fucking shut down, and there was no need for IO to do it with Hitman, even though Hitman turned out pretty damn good by the end of it. You know, it, there was no need for that. It could, mm -hmm. They could have just released a complete game and they probably would have done a lot better. You, know, you don't need to do that as a AAA company, although at least with a AAA company, you probably know they're actually going to finish the thing. Yeah, especially with a big franchise like Hitman. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you go, you're going to get the episodes out here. Yeah. Mm. So maybe they're an example of people that did the episodic thing correctly because they really nailed it from what I gather. I'm, from I'm, what, I, from what I'm told, him. yes. I, I, I kind of avoided playing it as a result. Um I I just feel like I would I wouldn't ever want to play a game where you play for like eight hours and then you're like okay you, you have to, to stop month you for another eight hours yeah that's like, a bit from Jesse you grinning over there what's uh... I uh yeah. my please stop is gonna be super controversial to the point where I'm gonna have an elf do it for me <laughs> <laughs> okay please stop making video game movies okay I don't think I that's think... gonna be that controversial I think they're all. The fact that when we end up having to say this is the best video game movie so far as a qualifier, it's still shit. Like, like it's bad, but it's like the best one so far. I feel like because of what video games are and that you, the player, are the main character, even if it's even if you're playing Nathan Drake, where you're just playing the character Nathan Drake, or you're playing to because your actions in the game influence that story. And because they're so big to the point where they're like novelization big, it's harder. You can take a book and figure out how you're going to tell that story. A game, the story changes based on like what your experience within that game is. It's mm -hmm. super hard to get a coherent, good story out of a video game that most of the time they have to do something that is nothing like the game, which is not anything that the people want to see. And every time without fail, it's either really, really hardcore for the gamers, in which case it makes no money, and no one goes to see it, and we never get anything like it again. But no one ever goes that way. Or it's, let's make it so everyone can enjoy, which means it's going to be shit. And can I ask what you thought of the Warcraft movie? Stop. Uh, I believe I had two opinions. I said, as a Warcraft fan, really enjoyed it. As a person who knows what movies are, as a standalone movie, the first half of that movie is nonsense. Like, it is... Cut, 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 fade, cut, cut, introduction, 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 where if you're a normal moviegoer, 
I know why you would hate this movie. Like, I get why the reviews said what they did. As a fan, I was like, oh, I know what that is. And you don't even have to explain that shit to me. I get that. Like, mm-hmm. I can understand that. And I imagine tomorrow, I believe, is Assassin's Creed. I imagine everyone's going to say the exact same thing about that. If you're an Assassin's Creed fan, you probably love the shit out of it. But as a movie, it's probably going to be garbage. Like, I don't even need to know the reviews are going to say it's garbage. I haven't seen one review for it. I guarantee they're like, oh, no, this is garbage. Okay. <laughs> so, Dodger, it, it seems it, like you've been one to interject on this one. Uh, I just don't agree. I think that comic book movies used to also suck. And then after we made enough of them, they really? sort of figured out how to... Uh, how to- Better. I'll kind of side with you on that, but for a slightly different reason. Uh, I don't think the narrative argument really matters that much. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, uh, video games are very interactive narrative. I understand that, but to me, a movie is an ancillary piece of transmedia, something that it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be as interactive. It's just kind of it's a supplemental piece. Like it's right. something that's like kind of cool hey i like this game so i'll kind of go and see that movie or i'll kind of go and read this book you know it, very much like you know video game novelizations and shit like that most of them kind of shit too or but something nice that was have. very different like kingsglaive or it was like this is coming out before the game and you can watch it if you want and most of us that saw kingsglaive were like you should see kingsglaive because it gives you a bit more information about like what happened in the city and i no, here's I'm the thing i would that. rather have with having played Final Fantasy 15, boy, would I have rather that been part of the game than yeah. I think it's an awesome cutscene, but <laughs> I wish it was part of the game. I really do, having now played the game. So I think, and again, I don't know that even I agree fully with my with my elf friend here who has this opinion, <laughs> but I think that the video game video game movies in general are so flawed and i would say the reason why comic book movies turned around and you got it look you got to look at this logically dukes marvel comic book movies turned around because they gave marvel the reins of comic book movies they right. said you are the creators of this create the franchise look at dc dc doesn't control shit of that and those movies are garbage and so <laughs> that is and i feel like that's the inherent difference is the DC movies are still in that 90s, the way the X-Men movies were, where they were all over the place. They were hit and miss. And like, now we got Wolverine where there's a Deadpool and he has no mouth, like that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things and that, that they have to fight so hard. There does need to be someone who fights really, really hard for a decent story. And I feel like what we got with the Avengers is they've earned this right, is that the Avengers and all the, the Marvel comics slowly worked up to the point where now we're okay with them not giving us all the story in a movie because we got there's that gonna be another five, one yeah you know, we got that five movies back and there's five more movies ahead of us so we're good we don't need everything um i think the biggest the biggest issue here is video game movies try their hardest to encompass the world rather than if the warcraft movie for example had been the story of either a party in the game or a single character, like someone not the main overarching story, that would have been something entirely different and probably would have got a different response. And because everyone tries to everyone tries to Avatar their movie, like Avatar The Last Airbender, where it's like, man, we have to fit so much to happen in one season into this movie. You don't. You don't have to do that, video game creators. Give us a little taste of the world 
and then get people but to go you to gotta be game. careful with that as well because a lot of the shit video game movies did exactly what you just said like prince of persia and fucking hitman like they were only very loosely related and they ended up just being yeah. ass in the process well, i'm not saying loosely related i'm saying Give us a game that is in your world that is super related to your world, but is it separate story? Separate story entirely. Entirely separate story. So it's like, give us the story of Boar Jack, the orc, and his best friend, John the Hunter. Like that kind of shit where they're in play the, by the world, rules of the universe. They, they go to the different places that take place in the world. They're involved in maybe a big event that happened, right? Mm. But they aren't, I'm King Lane, or I'm like, they aren't the characters that. Like, give us that movie. That shit would be dope. I would love, guys. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I would love a Diablo movie, a Diablo horror movie, like a dark gothic horror movie of just like, you don't even have to have main characters in that shit. It's a bunch of heroes that we don't fuck. We don't need to know they're like, like they aren't main characters in the game because they don't exist, right? They're just characters on an adventure, and it's dark and creepy and nasty. Gamma de Toro film that shit. That'd be amazing. That'd be cool. Because you don't need that. Like the last. I, 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 I can't even think of a If movie you where... include main characters, you've got to be. You know, people have very specific ideas of what those main characters have to do. And what yeah. they do in video games is often not conducive to what they're doing on screen. There are issues with that. I, I feel like the, the Marvel Universe movies do actually work quite well in that they throw. There's a bunch of successful. Marvel movies about Marvel characters that most people haven't even fucking heard of. Ant-Man did well. Doctor Strange did suit well. Who the fuck had heard of Doctor Strange prior to that if you weren't into comic books already? Most oh. people hadn't, but we we knew... Yeah, I had neither. I'll freely admit that. I'm not into comic books. But the, the point is that we knew it, there would be a certain level of quality because it was an established universe that we knew would be good. And he's playing within the rules of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which means that everything it not only has more importance than it otherwise would, but we have some familiarity with it, and there's a level of consistency there. There's a, rules they've got to play by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you're probably right in that respect. I don't think they should stop making them. Uh, I think they should do more what you said they would. Uh, don't listen to me. This guy's an asshole. This guy's <laughs> a I'm I really just like to talk said. about him. I really like what you said about Diablo. Like, imagine a movie about just some of the villagers of Tristram. Absolutely. When Leoric goes crazy and starts killing people and yeah. just tell that story without being like, oh, hello, I'm a wizard. I'm going to go and see... If, yeah. if you yeah. just had the, a story in that universe that doesn't mm-hmm. affect this main storyline, so no one goes into it with preconceptions, mm-hmm. but you just get to experience like, oh, that's what Tristram was like and that's what Leoric was like before he went mad and that's what the butcher was like and da 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 Like, you're yeah, right. Think, I think think about weird. the ending of that movie. Look, we're just writing a movie for you right now, Blizz. The ending of that movie is them calling for help for the warriors to show up in in yeah. uh, Diablo One, like it's the prequel to Diablo One, where it has nothing to do with like the warrior and the ammo, like the people who show up there. It's straight up just like the townspeople dealing with the fact that hell has broken loose yeah. in their cathedral, imps raiding them at night yes, and losing cattle. Like- yeah. And then the final scene would just be like an Amazon walks out of the shadows and then goes over to the well, stay a while and listen, whatever. And then you're like, oh my God. And that's like, that's where I'd start as a gamer. Like, yeah. yeah. Like a little hey. nod to the game. Yeah. yeah. Use the universes and not necessarily the plots, I guess. You know, that that yeah. probably works. All right. That brings us to the end of show one of the co Opti's fake award show. We'll be doing another one of these next week. It's the 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern, as per usual. 
Uh, but before that, of course, we'd love to, you to go and watch our videos and such. Sagriel, where do people find you? Where do you go? What are you doing over the next week? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Sacreal. For the rest of the week, I will be torturing myself by playing DayZ uh, with a mix-in of Battlefield 1. Actually, TV, the, I just want to say, like, I built a career off, off, off DayZ over the last five years. The first time I ever heard of it was your interview on YouTube with Dean Hall, where you played with him, uh, played DayZ with him for an hour. Well, I so, didn't go very well, did it? No, <laughs> well, it that's what I say. That that was my first like exposure to it, and in a way that changed my life and gave me a career. So, in in a in a, in a manner of speaking, I owe you a lot. So, thank you. All right, I'll remember that. <laughs> cool. Well, Cash it in at some point. Sacral, if you want to watch you play Daisy or Battlefield One, go for it, Jesse. What you got? I just love that. Really, if you connect the internet, I just want to put this out. Go back to 2012. At the very center is the Moriarty known as TB. Where everyone's like, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have a career in X, Y, and Z. Really, the man straight up just manipulated the internet. And now everyone owes him everything. And one day he's going to call it all in. And we fucked. We all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> we all fucked. Now, uh, I'm building back. some interest on this shit. I'm back from London. So we'll actually get back to recording stuff and making videos and being silly. And uh, yeah, good. I wish I could tell you what's coming out this week. Just a lot of stuff. More Scary Game Squad and more uh, hopefully beating Final Fantasy 15 shit. So get ready for that. Cool. Dodger, what you got? Uh, I am not back. I'm about to leave. I'm ah. leaving for England tomorrow. So uh, I'll still we be. It this way. Huh? We can't be in that country at the same time. We planned it this way. No, it's true. Uh, I am going to be uh, still streaming a little bit while I'm gone, so tune into that if you would like. Um, maybe some stuff going up on Press Heart. Vlogmas is still happening every single day, so if you've been enjoying those, don't worry, they're not going to stop. And become, come, come hang out in my life. Social media, next bonus, Winku. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, most of us have been probably working on the Arbitrary Awards. That's still going on. I'm still doing recuts and making it shorter than it was, because fuck. Uh, but still a lot going on with that. We hope to have it ready before the end of the year. If we don't, it'll be shortly after that, end of 2017. Also working on my top 10 of 2016, which will no doubt cause the usual amount of arguing. I can't That's wait. A, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I love thinking of ways to fuck with people and cause internet drama. It's great. Outside of that, I'll probably end up doing videos on Watch Dogs 2 and Space Hulk. Uh, I think you already know my Space Hulk video will not be too positive. <laughs> although my Watch Dogs 2 video may very well be. Uh, so yeah, just try, try and get all the end of the year stuff sorted out. And once that's done, we'll probably get back to streaming some StarCraft and also get the schedule for Shoutcraft Kings announced in 2017. So I think that's about it, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Corruptional Podcast. We'll be back next week with more fake-ass categories, more fake-ass awards, and all that kind of thing for your viewing pleasure. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>